So are you guys all Disney Plused out? Uh-huh. Like a week into to Disney Plus? <laughs> Is that a thing? Did you get it? No? no. Did you get it? No. Jenny? Well, technically, I get it for free with you do Verizon. With Verizon, you get it for a year for free. So we'll we'll investigate it and see. I'm interested in some of the shows that they're putting on it. Um, you know, the Star Wars shows and the all, all the Marvel stuff, isn't it? Oh, everything Disney. Everything. And they have a lot of original programming. They have some really cool documentaries. And they own 20th Century Fox. So. Uh, Simpsons is on there. <laughs> um, so one thing to keep in mind is a lot of the contracts they have with like Netflix and stuff for some shows that don't expire. They might have exclusive rights to those. So Disney won't be able to show a lot of that stuff. It probably will be. So like, I guess a good example of that would be like the, twi- the original Twilight Zone. The first, I think, four seasons were owned by um, CBS, and then somebody else had the rights to the last few seasons. So the first four are on Netflix, and then the last ones are on Hulu. Well, I mean, like, like right now, Netflix has a contract for, uh, let's say, Iron Man. Even though Disney owns the property, Iron Man, Netflix oh. owns the rights to show the streaming content. And they probably, and I don't know, like, all the contracts are different for the different movies. That's why they kind of come and go. Um, but essentially, like, Netflix may get, they may have made a deal where they have, like, exclusive rights to that particular show. And until that contract expires, it's not going to be on the Disney Plus thing. And I don't know how many of those shows are like that, because um, Disney was winding down a lot of its contracts as in preparation for this. But some of them were, like, multi-year deals they had, so. Gotcha. Also, the Black Plague is back. Bubonic, we're at China. You know, it pops up though. Every 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 once in a while, there's cases not the of the Black it. Plague. Yeah, yeah, the bubonic plague. It pops up every once in a while. It's been in the U.S. before. Um, we just don't really hear about it a whole lot. It only happens every once in a while. It's carried by rats. But uh, <laughs> I remember that video I showed you of the rat. Sliding up the windshield and falling in the sun. Yeah, that was fucking weird. Some rat, like, hits a dude's car, like, <laughs> thump, falls up, like, slides, slides up the windshield that he's driving and then comes into, into the, the sunroof. Sun oh, and the guys are like, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So beware, you non-vaccinators. Yeah. The black plague's coming back. It is. No, they're going to die to measles, dude, not the black plague. <laughs> That's probably Fucking true. idiots. We should say this is episode 182 of the New Utah podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is not the plague discussion uh, or the, <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about two minutes ago at this point. Uh, I do know I was introduced today um, to a store that I have not stepped foot in yet, but uh, a guy I work with brought me a root beer from it. It is a store by the RSL Stadium, by Rio Tinto Stadium. That only sells root beer. That's it? They have like 300 different kinds of root beer, like a lot of small microbrew, small batch root beer from around the country and world. Huh. Like 300 root beers they carry. And that's it. He said they have like a little tiny bit of candy, like root beer barrels and some old candy, but it's all just root beer. And like root beer adjacent stuff, so like some cream sodas and sarsaparillas and stuff. Although very interesting, you have to wonder how does a place like that... Well, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering, because like, I'm, he's, he said he's tried four or five at this point, and he brought me a bottle that was fucking amazing from Rhode Island. It was a, his favorite so far. Uh, so I'm going to have to make it... I wanted to try and make the trip there today uh, before we recorded, but I just couldn't get out in time to make sure that I would... Real root beer, like <clears throat> brewed from a brewery, real root beer is amazing. So good. The pie has really good microbrew when they have it, but they fucking hardly ever have it. It's almost always gone. 
The garbage you get in the grocery store is just sugar water, which is very different. Well, it depends on the brand that you get. Like, if you get Barks or A&W, yes. But if you get some of the really good stuff that's usually sold, like, by the alcohol mixers, <laughs> it's it's usually, and you're usually getting it in, like, four packs, and it's pretty good. Sometimes I miss soda. Yeah, it's been, like, nine years. <laughs> I don't drink a lot of it. I mostly drink water. Uh, so, will you reach back there, because the lady's not here, and let the stupid cat out before he starts crying? Yes, please hold. <laughs> I'm not going to hold. I'm going to... I'm going to keep not talking. Hi- he's not hiding under his, his dog bed today. No, he doesn't like being shut in rooms. Will you close that, though, so that the dog doesn't get out? Uh, he doesn't like being shut in rooms. Uh, he doesn't like being locked out of rooms or locked in rooms. So if the door's not open, he'll cry, and then you open it, and he's like, eh, I'm good. I'll just fucking stay here. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta... It's like, I'll find a, a place yeah. to, to sleep. So anyway, maybe uh, maybe before next week's show, I'll uh, I'll have uh, acquired some root beers from said And you said it's shop. by the RSL stadium? Yeah, he said it's just south. Like, there's like a pack and save or something just south uh-huh, of the RSL yeah. stadium. He said yeah. it's right next to that. So right on uh, state? It's Isn't that... I think, yeah, the Pagans. Yeah, yeah, it's right on State Street. It's so, just south of. I wonder like, if they 94. took over. There used to be a little tiny restaurant right there, and I wonder if they took that over. No, 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 because that little Jim's diner that was yeah. there, yeah, that got tore down. So RSL tore that down. They bought it uh, and tore it down to put up a parking lot for the stadium. Oh, Pack and Save is right next to it. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't buy that. They just bought the other lot. So that's sad. Uh, what's that song? The Yellow Taxi. The they hey, Paradise and put, put up a parking, parking lot. lot. Mm, that's normal, man. That's <laughs> that's uh, that's Farmer Luke's least favorite thing. Yeah, right. So Hopefully, they should be getting their Christmas trees. I talked to him for just a second the other day, so they're still working on it. Yeah, hopefully they can fucking wait until after Thanksgiving to sell them. <laughs> just saying, fucking well, people shouldn't. Put their <laughs> so really. They were having problems. He was having problems with his yeah, distributor. Yeah, his distributor backed out like last minute. That does suck. So, uh, and the neighbor down the street to you that has your fucking Christmas tree in your front window all decked out and turned on right now, go fuck yourself. <laughs> if you're listening, it's too goddamn early. You are skipping one of the best holidays ever. And we're gonna. What talk. if they have a Halloween tree up? They don't. It's not. It's a Christmas tree. We've seen it. Jeremy's seen it. And also, who puts up a Halloween tree? I think it's blue. Who and doesn't? You don't put up a Halloween tree. I would. You don't, do you? <laughs> you asked the question, and I answered with you. <laughs> I would, though. It would be cool. Like a, like a Nightmare Before Christmas tree? No, it doesn't have to be Nightmare Before Christmas. It could be anything Halloween. My Christmas tree is kind of a Halloween tree when you think about it. With your zombie. With my zombie Christmas topper. True. Um, Anyway, uh, you guys have anything to talk about before we jump into so things I went, that don't matter? I went to Legends talking about things that don't matter. Oh, yeah. We, that so, doesn't matter. <laughs> so it you used mean to Iggy's? Be, <laughs> used to be Iggy's. It's still Iggy's. Where's that at? It's, uh, it's right by the mall. Dude. There's there's a bunch of them. Basically, oh. any place that an Iggy's existed oh. is now a Legends sports club. So it took them all over. Gotcha. So yeah, I think so. I think they I think they bought, bought, out. bought out Iggy's, uh, which good for Iggy's, but... Um, I, so Iggy's had a few things that I liked. I liked their Bluesberry, which was made for them by Was. Uinta, I think. It, I don't know. Maybe they'll, was. maybe they'll make that because that was pretty decent. Beer. But it was made just for them, and I really liked their Bluesberry. And then their wings were okay, and they had that that tin plate, whatever, sampler that was like the lid of a garbage can. Yeah. It, it gimmicky, I know, but it was okay. Anyway, so 
we decided to go there to Iggy's, not realizing it wasn't there. So we get there and it's Legends and we're like, well, should we give it a shot? And it's like, yeah, let's try it because you never know if you've never tried somewhere. It might be a new favorite place. It was not my favorite place. It well, was horrible. you probably shouldn't have been going to Iggy's to begin with because that place wasn't good either. <laughs> so I got, I got the fish and chips. I got two pieces of fish, barely bigger than a chicken nugget. And a tiny little thing of fries, and it was fourteen ninety nine. You're not talking about the one downtown, right? No, I'm talking about the one by, uh, is it Southtown Mall? Yeah, oh, that's the that, that one down there too. Across the street, but kind of tucked. Tuck, it's kind of tucked in by those. Yeah, I I think um, hotels. The, uh, the other one. Oh, on the south side of the mall. South side. I don't know if the one by me is Legends now, but I think it is in Jordan Landing. So not good. I mean, and they, they, they didn't have anything special on tap, just your normal basic stuff. So there was, I mean, so even to call yourself a pub or anyway, and it was yeah. way overpriced for the small portions and my, my glorified fish sticks that were pawned off as fish and chips. So not impressed in the least bit. Yeah. It's not, I, I mean, Iggy's was never great. The only thing they had worth eating was chicken balls. And the chicken balls and blueberry. <laughs> yeah. Chicken balls were good. They're like just like kind of like chicken nuggets, but not. And they're like spicy and peppery, and they were good. But they had for a while that they it had. Doesn't a, love chicken balls. They had a they had a halfway decent nacho at one time. Their nacho plate that no at, at uh, negative. No, I did not like Iggy's at all. And everyone I think I've only ever been there, there two times. And every time I went there, I was like, yeah, I got there. Let's go watch a game. And then it was stupid because it's too hard. Yeah, they don't. It's dumb. So yeah, they're gone, and now it's Legends, and Legends was horrible. So that's what that's all I got. So don't go back. Yeah, I'm not going back. Yeah, word word of caution. Oh, also, uh, next episode. I think next episode. I have to look uh, at the calendar if it's this coming week or next week. Um, I am doing another uh, competition at uh, the office. Uh. Did we hear about the last? No, we didn't month? hear about last month. What was last month's? <clears throat> You've only told us about one. Oh, so we did. So we did. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we did the pot stickers, and we talked about yes, that. The pot stickers, pot stickers we talked yeah. about, and we did a Philly cheesesteak. We didn't uh, hear. About we that. talked okay. about that. It was forthcoming. It was like, yeah, it was yeah. like the week before. So the Philly cheesesteak competition. So the next one we're going to do is Thai noodle dish. We're going to leave it kind of broad. We're going to see what chumps bring, like pad Thai. Which is not the tell of a good Thai, a Thai place, <laughs> and the ones that bring better dishes like drunken noodles and pad cu. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, best cheesesteak. So I'll tell you where we got them from. We got them from Moochies. We got them from the Philadelphian. We got them from uh, DP Donkey Punch. Uh, uh, we got them from fucking <laughs> the movie theater Jordan Commons. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. uh, Jordan Combs has good nachos. You um, guys should do nachos. We got them from, uh, there was two others. I don't remember. Did you guys do Fat Boy Phillies? Uh, yeah, Fat Boy Phillies was one of them. I, Moochies was the first one I said because that's, that's the one I got. <laughs> um, I, was too, I was too busy being sad about So, the and then punch. one from some sub shop that was meh. The bread was okay, but mm-hmm. so we, we had to judge stuff. Um, the the winner was Moochie's. So do you just buy but like not, a basic Philly cheesesteak? Well, so we didn't set the parameters very well. And like the one from, I want to say from Fat Boy Philly's, like wasn't a fucking cheesesteak. It was like a roast beef sandwich with mayo and lettuce and tomato. And I just don't think they actually got that it was a cheesesteak. Mm. And it wasn't good. Was it the person who ordered it? 
I don't know. And it mistake? was it was terrible. That is huh. the problem with doing this and not having proper parameters <laughs> for people. Do you um, want me to write out? I'll write out the parameters for you. But uh, the the Jordan Commons cheesesteak was pretty good. My huh? biggest complaint was I got done eating, so we cut them into um, enough. There were like six of us, and we cut them into you know wedges like two inches of of sandwich per person, and I felt like I just ate a right. puddle of grease. Oh. <laughs> Like it was really, you can that's tell, the Philadelphian one. <laughs> you, you can tell that the Jordan Commons was done on a greasy fucking flat top because it was really greasy. And the big thing that it was missing is it didn't have enough cheese. Now, I like the peppers and onions a lot. And so I think Moochie's kind of got the overall, uh, um, and not enough people brought sauce to put on them. So Moochie's got overall because of the mix, um, though some people complained that it was too wet because of the peppers and onions, mm. because I think Moochie's doesn't do a good enough job of getting the moisture out of the peppers and onions. Like, there's a big vat of them in, like, their own liquid, mm-hmm. and they throw it with the steak, but they don't fry off enough of the gotcha. enough of the liquid. Is it... Was there too much time in between purchase and eating? No, that's just how they are. Oh, okay. Like, okay. they're messy as fuck because of that. Uh, DP had high honors. Uh, DP's, everyone seemed to like uh, DP quite a bit. Uh, none of the others were really all that great, to be honest. They were not award-winning. Fat Boy Phillies was not good. <laughs> that's too bad. They're pretty new. Yeah. I'm really proud of DP, though. They've Matt and DP have been around for... Donkey Punch cheese sticks. More, more than ten years, actually. So, also eleven years. uh, Like we made a convert for Moochies because she went to the Moochies in Lehigh, and she's like, "It was terrible. I don't know why people like it." Don't go to the Moochies in Lehigh. Go to the one downtown, or go to the one in in Midvale. In Midvale, is it Um, state in seventy two? Yeah, seventy eight, something like that. Roughly seventy eighth. It's just down the street from uh, Bumblebee. That's true. Under the uh, the overpass thing there. Um, I always forget that they put in a location over there. Yeah, and it's it's good. Uh, they don't have the chocolate cake over there, though, which was really disappointing because I was trying to get chocolate cake. The chocolate cake? Oh, my God. The downtown location has a chocolate cake that will blow your mind. It is so good, and it sells out every day. That's good to know. So, anyway, that was Moochie's was the winner. Not by much, so and it was really close. So, Ty is your next? Is that that's yeah, so is it the last week of the month that you do it? We we tried. We had We actually skipped a month because we just couldn't get it together. Um, we try to do the last week of the month, but it doesn't always work out that way. Gotcha. Way, so. Gotcha. What's your parameters? Because Fatboy Phillies is pretty far away. That's like, it's like 5,400 South and State Street. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. We'll go downtown for shit. We don't fucking care. <gasps> you um, should do subs and make sure that you do Groves. <laughs> we, we actually talked about maybe doing a sub. Um, uh, cause Groves is amazing. I'm, I'm likely to go to Orem to pick up Thai food. Uh, what's Orem the place there that you love? A Bangkok Grill right. in Orem. Or the Thai place uh, right here by the house. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Simply Thai, I think, over on 62nd and Dixie. There's Simply Thai is, on 106, too. Um, yeah, this isn't the same place. It's not. And it might not be called Simply Thai. It's something else. But it's good, and it's the only one in the valley. We have a like a, a Laos food truck that's out in Eagle Mountain. Oh, I bet that's good. It, it, oh, my gosh. His park skewers are amazing but his i don't i guess i really like sauce on my tie on my like pad tie and his was so so dry and i don't know if that's That's normal or that means that he fucking left it sitting in a big pile somewhere and didn't like keep it moisturized i don't know but the his yeah his pork belly skewers are probably some of the best i've ever had 
nothing like bacon on a stick. It's like super thick and delicious. So, uh, yeah. So that was that was the last one. But I'm we'll, excited for your Thai food. Are you guys just are you picking like a dish? Thai, so like pad Thai or no, a Thai noodle dish. So part of this is um, pad Thai is a noodle dish. So <laughs> yeah, but it's not. <laughs> Look, if all you know is pad Thai, then you don't know Thai, right? Because that is the ba- most basic Thai dish and it's not a sign of a good restaurant because it's pretty easy to make. You can fucking go buy a kit at the grocery store and make it. But the real telling is like some of the other Thai noodle dishes. So we'll probably, we talked about doing curries, um, you know, Indian style curries and Thai curries. Uh, we talked about brisket and no one really had a favorite brisket. And so I'm like, well, then we're not doing that. Cause I don't, cause I'll tell you where the best brisket is in the Wasatch front and it's down in the worm at Bam Bam's. That is quite the drive. Doesn't fucking matter. It is worth the They're, drive. Speaking of, they are um, taking orders for Thanksgiving, by the way. Bam Bams? Yes. Bam Bams is? <laughs> yeah. It's not that far for you either. <laughs> it's a lot closer to you than it is to me. Yeah. Um, I've only ever been there to pick up pies because June Pies from Heber does a like a pie drop off there. Yeah. So. But. It is totally worth it. Get some. Well, I had I had already eaten by the time I had gone to pick it matter. up, and I was like, I <laughs> couldn't. It doesn't matter because I remember thinking well, he makes his I own jalapeno it, sausage. That's really good. Mm, that place is great. I like it. Um, so anyway, um, we'll we'll see how this one bodes. Maybe next week I'll have a report. I don't remember when we're doing it, and my phone's playing music instead of being a. <laughs> it's right okay. Now. We'll check back. Just remind me so I can give a proper uh, a proper, proper report. report. Um, I'll, I'll remember like the day of and be like, shit, I have too many things. Uh, what one can I cancel so I can go drive and get Thai food? <laughs> like, sorry guys, I can't today. <laughs> sorry, I can't do this meeting. <laughs> I have other priorities. It's a good priority to have. Oh. Are you having issues over no, there? The fucking dogs like destroying stuff in, under my feet. This is not anything new. No, it's a cat toy. So oh. no daycare today, unfortunately. So she's still pretty well behaved though. Uh, I think she's still a little tired. Uh, okay. So, uh, should we get into some events, maybe? Sure. Sorry, I'm sleeping over The here. mistress of events. All right. So, uh, hold on. I make sure that I don't miss anything of importance. Uh, Temple Square Lighting. Again, reminder, last time that you get to see it before half of it goes under construction. So go see the lights. Get your selfies with Space Jesus. Yeah, you got, you got a month or two to do it. So just wait. Well, I know, but some people like to go to the like actual lighting. It's like a thing. Is it the lighting on Thanksgiving? It's the 23rd. Hey, did you, don't fucking drive down there either, assholes. Take tracks. Did you hear that, um, Did you hear that uh, Mendenhall, one of the things that she wanted to do is she's trying to work with, uh, like, the um, Vivint Arena and um, the Jazz and, I don't know, the U and a bunch of other shit. Like, any place that does an event, like a concert or a sporting event, that the price of the ticket will include a uh, uh, free ride on the, uh, the mass transit. Well, good. Then they should start running mass transit later at night, then. Well, I think that would be I think that would be part of the deal is to try and get UTA to run because that's like line. a big so issue. So you show them your ticket, your concert ticket, and that gets you on. Yeah, there. that's a big issue that's with cool. concerts. That's fuck. Okay, so that's a huge issue. Dude, uh, New York City should do that. <laughs> th- this is this is the thing that's crazy, right? So in in Salt Lake, you can have people out at a bar until one in the morning, but mass transit stops running at like eleven. Yeah, and so then what do they do? 
We got to hop in Uber or they drive. Yeah. So if you ran mass transit, if you go to other cities like Chicago, you got buses running all night long until like three or four in the morning. And part of that is you can have people hop on tracks and not drive drunk home, that type of thing. It's not that expensive to operate the train at the very least. Right. Um, yes. Agreed. So coming up. Sorry. My eyes are going weird. <laughs> Um, the Made in Utah Festival. Oh, first of all, Thanksgiving, obviously, is coming up. Um, but, and we'll talk plenty about that. So, and then all a whole of, show about Thanksgiving all, for you guys. All of the lighting things happen. So if you want to go see something lit up, uh, not on alcohol, but lights, there. I was going to say, come to Chris's house for Thanksgiving. Yeah, Every... I'll be lit. Don't worry. <laughs> Can you live stream that? I, no, I'll give you the password. I'm not live streaming. Um, at my house. No, but uh, you know, the Gateway, uh, Traverse Mountain, um, there's a place, like the equestrian field in South Jordan. Um, the big tree in Draper. Yeah, like tons of stuff. I'm not linking to all of it. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to search it for yourself. But it's that time of year. So, um, the Made in Utah Winter Festival is a big festival that is coming up in a couple of weeks. It's the 7th, December 7th, 8th, 14th to 15th, and 21st, 22nd. And I'm talking about it so early so you can make plans to go buy gifts Utah there. gifts. Utah yes. made, Utah yes. produced gifts. Um, plus, they're still looking for volunteers. Isn't so Hokozu doing their free Wednesdays? Yeah, but it's during the day. So like oh. you have to miss work. I mean, it's a great, but... Gotcha. And then they're going to do the zoo lights in December, aren't yes. they, again? Yep. With booze, where you get drunk with the tiger. And you make fun of the liger for being <laughs> fucking bullshit. <laughs> Look at that dumbass. Oh, I almost forgot, you guys. Crossbred piece of shit. Um, <laughs> make sure another one that's... There's not really anything going on around Thanksgiving, so I just picked ones that are beginning in December. Um, this is one that you want to go to. December 7th at Brewbies. Our good buddies at Front Row Film Roast are doing the Christmas story. Sweet. And it's going to be awesome. On the 7th? Yep. I might have to do That is one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. I finally made Bree sit through the entire movie. And she probably hated she it, fucking huh? hates it so much. <laughs> That's a tradition. We watch that every year. Yeah, we watch it every year, too. I love it. I want to buy it. It wasn't until I was older that I appreciated it because it always terrified me when he kicks the kid. When they kick the kid down the How side. How about so. a nice football? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Don't shoot your eye out, kid. What's a football? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Oh, my are, God. Get this kid off me. Peed. Let's go. Let's all go. Uh, December 7th at Brewies. Oh, get your tickets. Ho, ho. <laughs> ho. My favorite part is when he beats the fuck out of the bully. I got one more. Jeff Dillon and the Revival. No, it's Jeff Dillon and the Dillweeds. And the Dillweeds are going to be playing in Logan... On November 29th. So eat your turkey on the 28th. Get fat, then go dance it off. Um, I don't think he's really eyes. dancing music. I don't but know how dancey that is. Yeah. He had but, yellow eyes. I swear to God, yellow eyes. <laughs> 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 anyway, so up in Logan at We Sound Venue. Or why, sorry, Why Sound Venue. I really enjoy in that Christmas story. When he actually gets the BB gun and he shoots himself in the eye. First thing. Point. <laughs> but like before that, he's having all the like imagery of like saving his family and from so Black Bart. So there's a, a back road that I take 
home sometimes that connects with Redwood Road. And, and I love driving down this road. It never gets old. Um, but there is one house that I, I hope this year they just built a bunch of new houses around it. So hopefully they don't feel like intimidated, but they always put, they have these three like bay windows that they always put the lake lamp in. <laughs> it does, it always makes me really happy. So, awesome. <laughs> so I hope awesome. that they do it again this year. Um, yeah, I love that show. Um, Okay, so four hours. But we are we are uh, not going to talk about Christmas anymore. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Um, first, we'll talk about uh, another. So last week we kind of bagged on Jackie Biskupski a little bit about some of the shit that she's been doing. She did it again. Well, so yes and no, and and I was a little irritated at first until I read the end of the article. No, no, no. no and... but, but she's still kind of like, well. I guess I can just go ahead and do this because everyone fucking hates me anyway. So, I'm so out. how long is the mayor in office? Well, uh, she's only until four years. Two uh, years. I think their terms are four in Salt Lake. So this, she's been actually dealing with this since the beginning of her. Term. Oh yeah, oh yeah. People have been trying to save the the Salt Lake Theater for a while. Utah Theater. Utah Theater. Whatever doesn't matter. <laughs> it does, it does it's matter. All, no, it Remember doesn't. Remember when Preservation Look, Utah was on our show? Let me be clear. Here's the problem. It's just like when people were like, oh, they're going to tear down that fucking movie theater in, in what, in Highland area that became the rug shop, Shagra Glaw, or whatever it is. Oh, up on Highland yeah. Drive. <laughs> yeah. Everyone bitched. They're like, oh, don't tear down that theater. Don't sell the theater. It was like the Avalon Theater or something. And all I could think was, you know why it got tore down? Because no one fucking went there. No one patronized it. No one wanted to pay the money to keep the building the way it was and not make it a rug shop. We're just lucky that we got owners that would make it a rug shop. And the same thing's true here. The estimate that was proposed to the council to fix the fucking building so people could actually live in it and, and actually utilize it, $60 million. Yeah, it's sad. It's well, sad. Well, another, it's... there have been other theaters like this across the country that have been restored over the last couple of years at not that price. And they're like, we don't, we're not understanding why it's costing so much. But at the same time, what they're proposing will fit in with downtown Salt Lake. Unfortunately, but and they'll keep the developers. Um, I think part of their contract they're required to keep pieces of the building, so they'll be using yeah. They'll keep bricks. the facade. They'll be keeping. Um, there's like a skylight. There's like statues that they'll be using. So. Yeah, and, and they're re- they're they're doing um, some mixed use housing. Uh, so they're adding adding beds to to Salt Lake, which is desperately needed. Well, they are, and they're required. I don't know if every. Um, every building that goes up like this is required. So there, I think there's like three, it'll be th- 300 well, apartment, uh, apartments. I can't remember the exact number. Um, but they are required 10%, 30 of them have to be affordable apartments. So here, here's, here's the and problem. The, and, f- and, uh, those units have to be accessible for 50, for 50 years to residents. The, the big problem is Biskupski is trying to basically give the price, give the property away to the developer. Yes. And the, the properties, this is what's crazy. But it's the stipulation only of her giving it is that they have to keep low income housing or affordable. The, well, they have to keep the building itself. Yeah. So, yeah. but so it's only worth 4 million and it's going to cost 60 million to restore it. You don't restore it. Even if it doesn't, let's say it costs a 10th of that. It still costs more to restore it than the bar- building and property is worth. Yeah. So if you're going to have a developer do something with that property, why not? But again, it's just Jackie Biskupski getting shit on because she's <laughs> just she's just doing all the stuff that doesn't matter about her public opinion now. Because at this point, 
They've been, <laughs> they've been fighting it for a while, but it is. It sounds like it's just a done deal. Like they're just selling it. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, I'm not. I don't care. Again, if we didn't want it to be torn down and we don't want other people developing it, you have to patronize the businesses that operate there. When was the last time either of you went to something in that theater? It's been closed for probably a decade. Yeah. Did you go before that? Oh, I did. Yeah. How many times? Yeah, he was talking about it before the show. I know. But how many times? <laughs> probably 15 to 20 wow. different times. That's a lot. Through high school and high school and college. I went to a lot of shows there, a lot of theater, like live Live, live theater. They, they did a lot of Broadway, off-Broadway stuff. There was a, it, it, in its heyday, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was really cool. I went there a lot. I'm but shut down. It's been closed for, it's got to be at least 10 years. That's probably why more. I don't even know what the fuck it is. Yeah, at least 10 years, if not more. And if it's just sitting there collecting dust for It is, years? which is sad. And, and buildings, just like cars, the worst thing you could possibly do is not use it. Yeah, because it just degrades. Not not running the plumbing, not flushing the toilets, not it, everything. Not using the electrical, it all of that stuff just rusts corrodes out, rusts. mice get in, it's, yeah, it's bad news. So, uh, sucks for people that like it. Sorry, guys. I know you like it. Onward and upward, I say. <laughs> Sometimes if, if they can at least be... keep aspects of it, I think it'll be cool. It's not that big of a building either. They're going to build a huge building in its place. If so. they use bits and pieces of it or or theme the new building off of... And honestly, uh, looking at the pictures, it looks kind of out of place where it's at because there's a bunch of high-rises all around it, and right. it's just this small thing. Michael's is across the street, too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's massive. Yeah. Oh, God, it's huge. And Pretty Bird is right there. So it I'm is. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he, post, he made a post last week uh, about he put the, a Popeye's chicken sandwich and he put a Chick-fil-A sandwich <laughs> next to each other and he like scanned across it and then he comes back and then the Pretty Bird one is sitting in the middle and it's like two times as big as the other ones. It was awesome. <laughs> with like a whole half a chicken on the bread. It yeah. was amazing. It's amazing. And we need to have one of those. Yeah, I uh, maybe when we go down to Salt Lake in December, we I've can con- go by. <laughs> I've considered like going down there for lunch and bringing some back to my. Oh, coworkers. if you're that if, can be your challenge. If your challenge chicken is a chicken sandwich at work, yeah, hang on. I, gotta- I wonder where else could you, where else local could you get like a chicken sandwich though? Besides, that would I mean, compare. Yeah, because I mean, I guess you can do you can do Popeyes and Chick Fil A, but there's got to be like. What about like grinders or some of those places? Do they do it? Do they chicken? have chicken sandwiches, like know. fried chicken sandwiches? Because that would have to be like I don't know. I have to think about this because I don't. The only chicken sandwich I ever eat is Pretty Bird. It's Pretty Bird. Yeah, because it's amazing. Like I, how I could I before before I went to Disneyland, I couldn't even tell you the last time I had a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich, but it was the only thing that was in my terminal at the airport. So. <laughs> Chick Fil A chicken sandwiches. Don't get me wrong. I like mayonnaise and pickle on the chicken sandwich. <laughs> mayonnaise is gross. It's so gross. nasty. Your mom's nasty. That's true. One hundred percent true. Uh, okay. Your mom goes to college. <laughs> okay. I totally said that to somebody the other day. Oh, I said it to my cousin's little girl, and she just stared at me. She's like nine, <laughs> and I was like, "You just need to go." Go watch Napoleon Dynamite. And she wouldn't. And I was like, because her mom actually does go to college. <laughs> and she wouldn't understand Napoleon Dynamite either. I don't know. Her family's pretty funny. She might. I don't know. I think you kinda, <laughs> think you Nobody understands Napoleon Dynamite until you watch it like ten times, or until you've lived it. Try Jeremy. Right. Jeremy. My family I, lives there. Yeah. That's true. That's, my cousins Preston? went to that high school. 
I drove by the high school. I took pictures of the high school. <laughs> and I took pictures of Pedro's house. And I don't I remember just, else. That's not... I don't drove out there. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, you know, the only house... Let me say this. The only house I would ever, like, be in awe to go in is that one that's made, like, the Simpsons house. That one that they built. It's in like Las Vegas, I think. And they designed the entire house like to the be like huh. the Simpsons house from the show <laughs> with the ridiculous, like the, the color furniture that it is and the layout of the rooms. It's like, oh, wow. it's, you should look it up. I would go in that house. I, I the would. house in American Horror Story. Yeah. I'd go in the murder house for I'd sure. I'd go in that one. That's or I, I did cool. go to the one that was in Freak Show in New Orleans. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I would appreciate like the cool architecture of the house, but I wouldn't take a picture of the house. Pedro's it, house. Pedro's house. <laughs> like, it's little. Not, it's so tiny. Of course <laughs> it is. <laughs> There's a bunch of houses just like that in Magna, just down true. there in, uh, that is in, super in, true. in uh, uh, Kearns too, in the older part of Kearns. And in um, Copperton, old Copperton. That's like yeah. all old Copperton. Yeah, is. they're all the, that that old small cinder brick stuff. Yep. We are uh, we are joined by a, a return guest uh, this evening, Sean Peterson, uh, from Green Urban Lunchbox, and from episode one hundred and nine. Yeah, one hundred and nine. Where uh, we talked to him briefly about sailing around the world. And that was so awesome. Hopefully, we'll have a little time for that again Jess, tonight. Jess had to remind me that it was you uh, that blew my mind, <laughs> managing to just like eh, I'm just gonna jump on random boats and sail around the world on boats that I don't own that just, with people I don't know. Yeah, and just, I'm just gonna be a stowaway on some dude's little sailboat and go to some random island and live for a few weeks and then go to another island. There you go. That's, I'm still blown away. <laughs> like, I don't think I could ever do that. Like in my wildest dreams, that's more like a nightmare for me. Like I'm just gonna, you know, whatever. I'll just get on another boat. Wherever he takes me, I'll I'll go with that guy. <laughs> that's crazy to me. I still don't. I still don't know how you did it. Um, what are you up to these days? All sorts of things. Um, I'm finishing up my time at Green Urban Lunchbox. I'm launching a new project. Um, you make it sound like it's a. You make it sound <laughs> like it's like, a yeah. sentence. <laughs> I'm finishing up my time at Green Urban Lunchbox. I really the whole time at Green Urban Lunchbox has been a community service project for me, so I could get my court hours in. My court hours are done. <laughs> I had to do just nine years of community service. That's it. <laughs> Great years. lawyer. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to serve jail time, so that's good. It's true. You didn't even have to wear the orange vest. That's pretty amazing to me that you were he able to. He wore it to. because he wanted to. Yep. <laughs> it's more of a fashion statement. You're like, I didn't want to get hit by cars. You know, I am disappointed Traffic. because we talked like a year and a half ago, and I swear I told you to go get the apples from my neighbor's tree. <laughs> they were all over the damn ground again. <laughs> that damn tree. It just sits there. I don't know why they, like, they let it grow onto the sidewalk. It, like, leans over. It's, like, four feet tall and 16 feet wide on the sidewalk. And they don't pick the apples or anything. They you just guys let see them a lot. It's an apple bush. Yes. All the time. Ugh, so for those sad. who didn't listen to our previous episode, will you just give us a brief recap on what the Green Urban Lunchbox is? Sure. So we consider ourselves a community food production agency. Basically means we're doing a ton of urban agriculture projects using lots of community members. Uh, 
probably slightly different than we were on here before. We always are kind of changing what we do, but we run three main programs. Um, one's a program that puts gardens in low-income seniors' backyards and then distributes that produce for free at senior centers. Um, one is a program that trains the next generation of farmers at a small urban farm in Salsa Lake, three acres, and all that produce goes to free markets at um, Intermountain's cancer centers. And then we do this thing where we go around and pick people's apple bushes. Um, yeah. So we pick fruit trees in the city, um, donate the usable produce, make something tasty out of the blemished or damaged produce, and yeah. And, and then you do the special thing with the with the oh, site Mountain West. West cider. Jeremy has no yeah. idea because he's never had it. So, but it's I've so, had it every year. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> actually perfect because it's coming out right now. Yeah. We just finished it. it releases on. The twenty second, if it's that's so a Saturday. Good. Do you still have last year's in your refrigerator? Might. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I drank it or not. I love their hard cider. Mine didn't. So. Mine didn't last like two days. Yeah. <laughs> when I got it, I just I'm not drinking so much these days. So it's. But I love their cider. Their cider is amazing. Also, when I got it, I had like three other bottles of their cider in my uh, fridge. Mm. So I like their cider cold. It's nice. Nice yeah. when it's cold and crisp, um, but uh, yeah, I am. I'm disappointed you didn't get the. And also, <laughs> we, there's another tree in our neighborhood in a park strip that is producing a bunch of apples. That my dog, the new puppy that growled at you when you came in because she's a dick, um, tried to eat constantly on walks this yeah. this fall. Did you have a lot of apples this year? I only asked because. All of my apple trees were wiped out. I didn't have a single apple. We this had year. very few apples this year. It's our smallest apple harvest ever, I think. Since That's we've tough. Been doing this, so. Just, yeah. This, the, we had that weird spring, and then we had the cold snap. And I, on my trees, it killed all of the blossoms. All the blossoms. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was a cold snap that killed them, or if it was that it was so wet that they just didn't get good pollination because the bees uh, don't like to fly when it's wet. But it was well, horrible. You know, that here. might be it too because my bees were late this year. Yeah, they it were was really... it was normally it's like the last weekend of April. It was like two weekends they were really into May late, before yeah. my bees came this year. Yeah, so maybe oh. that was it. I don't know, but yeah, not a single apple. I have two apple trees. We usually have a ton of apples. Not one, not a single apple this year. That's disappointing. But your neighbor got apples, dude. So and he just wasted them. <laughs> they just fucking fall on the ground. I'm sure they're full of worms and stuff because they don't do anything to the tree. Yeah, but. It, and they that don't hurt Sean's feelings. Uh, it hurts my feelings because I would love a mature fruit tree that's fruiting as much as theirs are, and they're not very big. They're tiny, so it's not even like you need a ladder to get to the top of the tree. <laughs> like I stand taller than the tree does, and it produces. I stand taller than the tree. It produces a ton of <laughs> apples, though, and they're not like if you took the time to just go to to pick them early in the season and thin them out he would have enormous apples because even grouped in like threes i mean their their baseball sized apples are close to it and isn't that part of the service is when you contract with somebody do, do they come out and prune yeah so we offer like full tree care service where we'll come out and prune and thin and fertilize and all that kind of stuff and then pick them Wait, will you come do that to my my stupid blue spruce that's in the corner there? Yeah, yeah. Does it? We could make some cider from it. That'd yeah, be great. some. Well, you could make gin, right? Gin. Like, <laughs> I guess that's that basically true, the same right? thing, yeah. right? It's like a juniper bush. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I had to I had to pay some tree trimmers to come out and take care of that monster a couple years ago because it hadn't been touched in ten years. So, and I think I'm gonna pay someone again this spring to do it. You could partner up with Madame Petrini. 
Because they make gin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they'll have to make a spruce gin, which I, th- I think is probably not quite the right. No, that's <laughs> fine. Gin tastes like shit anyway. They won't know the difference. <laughs> I'm not a big gin drinker. Uh, I love gin. <laughs> you can't tell. I'm sorry. Who is it that's distilling gin up in Ogden? The new one? The bathtub gin place? There's there's one up there up north that's doing gin that we talked to. I don't remember who. It's disgusting. Ogden's own? Are they doing gin? They do Madame Pacini. They're Madame Pacini. Yeah. But they do other stuff too. But Yeah. Are they, and they're making their gin, right? Not just mixing it. You're questioning it. So. <laughs> There's a mix. Some of them make Beehive it. Some makes of them a jackrabbit gin really good. Holy so. Stone. Oh, maybe it's Holy Stone we talked to that was he, Ethan was going to do. Uh, oh, yeah. Gin. Maybe it was him because I was bagging on gin when he was on the show, too. <laughs> <laughs> so the that was right before he went to Japan. So the, the programs have expanded in a year and a half. Yeah. More space. Do you guys have more space, or is it in the is same still locations? The, that in the still tr- the small truck, South Salt Lake, and yep, just, still just the, the bus. sweltering bus. The bus <laughs> that I haven't. Where's the yeah. bus been? We haven't. We didn't even take the bus off our property this year. Oh wow! Um, just no were too qualified busy. drivers. No <laughs> qualified drivers. We were too busy. Um, we did grow a lot of plants in it, though. We did all our starts in it this year. So. Say so you guys use it as like a greenhouse. It's yeah, right? greenhouse. But yeah, I mean, we do have some new space. Um, you know, we doubled the size of our backyards gardens this year. So wow. we have 40 of them. That's impressive. How many convicts uh, are working in them? In the <laughs> I'm the only convict there, remember? <laughs> <laughs> it is a really cool service that you do for old people who want a garden but really suck or are too old. Or can't, yeah. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that are, they love to have a garden, but they just are incapable of maintaining it themselves, so... Yeah. Did your air, has your area expanded? Are you still pretty much Salt Lake proper? No, uh, we haven't been really Salt Lake proper for years. We, I mean, we have a couple gardens in this neighborhood actually. Oh. Um, just down the road. Wow. Um, I was like, oh, I know where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Um, Yeah. Can you guys teach me how to grow peppers? Cause I, I fail at it. Something this year like, you yeah, failed? Yeah. Oh, like, this year was like the easiest year to grow peppers. It's like <laughs> perfect climate. I, I tried to grow, I tried to go grow Brussels sprouts. I got huge, hu- huge plants and no Brussels sprouts. But we I learned they need to, shade. I don't know how to grow yeah. Brussels sprouts either. I, similar thing. Just eat yeah. the leaves and That's call what it good. Jeff said, and I didn't realize that until I'd already shredded my plants into my compost. So heap. this was the weirdest year. I only had like six zucchini. Oh, like I had like 1200 zucchini. <laughs> They so were coming weird, out my ass. I, I couldn't keep up. So if you actually, because of what they're talking about, because they live in different areas, and you guys have gardens in different areas, do you see those microclimates? The, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's something that grows better than, or yeah, or just like you know, just a few degrees makes a difference, right? It like shocks out your tomatoes, or the tomatoes were another one. My tomatoes did not do well. Yeah, this my year. tomatoes didn't do well either. My brother lives out here. Um, and he planted his tomatoes in July and he had so many tomatoes because he was like, Oh, mine never got shocked when all the rest of years did. I was like, yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal. That cold snap really just effed over a lot of gardens, I think in general. So the birds ate two cucumber plants out of my garden. Little bastards. <laughs> there, I grew them seedlings. They were fine. They, they managed to make it through the snap just fine. And then I come out one day and they're like all nipped off. And I'm like, what the hell did this? Like, what actually, like, it looked like something just, like, cut them off at the base. <laughs> Do you guys still that happen to yourself? I, I never lose a plant. You're oh, 100%. A, you are a liar, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he was convicted of. Yeah. 
So is that why they're kicking you out of Green Urban Lunchbox? Because <laughs> they're like, wow, he's just too good at growing food and he's never killed anything. It's making people feel bad. So so what is the deal there? So you're, you're leaving uh, the Lunchbox of sorts? Yeah, so we're in the process of hiring a new executive director. Um, I always kind of... I always told my wife I'd do this for five years, and we're at nine. So, um, and you started it, right? I did. So I started it, um, and I, I always knew that eventually we'd we'd, we'd grow separate ways, <laughs> um, but but that I would be the wrong person to lead it at some point, and I'd kind of get bored, and I did. Um, so I'm moving on. We're yeah, we got a ton of really great candidates actually that we're interviewing right now. Um, pretty exciting to like sort of hand off that rain a little bit nerve-wracking to like here's my child yeah go. here's here's my baby i've grown for several years yeah um take care of this apple tree it's going off to college <laughs> it's going off to college um but yeah i'm excited to kind of move on find someone else new to lead and give some different strategic vision to it um someone else who has a bunch of community service hours they have to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to hand yes. over your jacket. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ron Lafferty passed away a week ago. So, I, I mean, think he needed more than community service hours. I mean, maybe. We'll see. It has to be a little bit hard. I mean, you you talk about having a vision, and but also bringing in somebody new so they can incorporate their vision. How do you like separate yourself from that in hopes that they see what you want instead of turning it into something that it's not? That was really roundabout. Um, I... The answer is probably even more roundabout. I, it's been a real struggle for me. I, I'm not sure exactly how you do that. I, it's definitely something I'm trying to figure out. Is I, I, I mean, I guess for us, it's like finding someone who's really passionate about the same passions, like that believes that, like, you know, that local agriculture is something worth fighting for, that healthy food or good food should be grown everywhere, and 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 then letting them work out the details of it and not being like, and you have to grow it this way and you have to pick apples and you da, 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 da. But like, here's, as long as we shared that overarching vision, can you then take it and lead it in the direction that you want to lead it? Um, because it, I won't be there to lead it anymore. And so it needs to be their passion as well. So, and how, how does that work? You know, cause it's, you guys are a 501c, I assume, right? And, yeah. And so how does, how does that work in, in transitioning that? Do you, are you still like the executive, you know, board member or do you just completely walk away from it? How does, how does that transition actually look? So it can look pretty different depending on how you want it to look. But, you know, like the most common question I get is people are like, oh, you're going to sell Green Urban Lunchbox. Well, you can't really sell like, a 501C. Nope, it's I not, can't. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the rules. And then it's like this blank stare. They're like, well, then what do you mean? And I was like, well, I'm just going to give it away. I'm going to hand it off to someone else. Um, and, and I'll probably serve on the board for a little bit. But I, I also kind of. I want to give that person the space yeah. to, to build it into what they want to build and not have me kind of like over their head like, well, that's not how I would have done it. Or let's ask Sean, what would he have done in this situation? Um, but you still want to be able to make sure that like they don't just go, okay, I, I like this. I like where it's going. Um, let's, uh, let's turn right. Have Wasatch Community Gardens take over <laughs> and like walk away from it. But I, I mean... In a sense, you kind of have to let that be the case, right? It's like if that's what they feel like is best next is to give it to Wasatch Community Gardens or to, you know, I, I don't know. You could think of any absurd thing that they want to do. Um, you have to kind of eventually 
create be that much removed in the backyard gardens. Yeah, that, yeah, maybe that's what they're gonna do. Um, <laughs> and and I have to like remove myself enough from that to let that happen as well because they're gonna know more about it than me. It's at some point. Right. Um, and how does the, how does the transition go like financially? So, you know, if I, it's a, it's a 501c, it's a nonprofit, but nonprofits still have bills. Nonprofits still have, you know, uh, to get supplies, leases and supplies and things like that. If, if that all tanks, you know, are, are you on the hook for that? I, I'm not sure how that's all structured. No. So, I mean, if it all tanks, it's actually would be the board that would be on the hook for that. And I actually, I guess if I moved onto the board, I would then become on the hook for it. But, um, you know, really, I think that's the other thing is like maintaining the trust of funders who have believed that I could do this and then helping them believe that someone, someone else, else can do it. Yeah. Um, and so is that, is that the board that makes that final decision on who the new executive director is or is that really you? Uh, it's the board who has that final say. And so they're, you know, going through this process. Actually, when we talk about we're in the middle of it, they did interviews yesterday. They're doing interviews tomorrow. Um, I'm going to sit in on some second round interviews, but I haven't even been really involved in this first round because it's, they have to work with this person. I think that'd be an interesting process to see the type of people that are responding to this ad. Like we posted the ad for you on our social media and, you know, just to hear the type of people that are in our community, like maybe somebody that like applied that doesn't even know what they're coming into <laughs> is what I imagine, you know, or somebody that you hope deep, deep down inside really like this is just like what they're meant to do. You know, like I I think there are just people that are meant to do certain things. Uh, oh, I agree with that. Definitely. And I think even kind of reading through some of the applications, you're like, you were just bored on a Friday night. <laughs> you like, clearly smoked too much pot yesterday. You were really high and you were like, oh yeah, I should be an ED somewhere. Um, and then other people who you can tell like have really got like that passion around it. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. So, so how did the, how did the board take it when you told them I'm, I'm out? So, I mean, it's definitely something we've been talking about for a long time. Um, four years. For, four and a half. For five. several years. Um, <laughs> and kind of like trying to like, is the organization, am I in the right place? Um, I, you know, it's like also like if I am going to step away, it's like, I need to figure out what I'm going to do next. And so it's like the timing needs to sort of work for me too. So he's, he's now going to be the executive director of the highway cleanup crew. <laughs> yep. That, yeah. What, what is next for you? What are, what are you have on the horizon? Um, I just received funding this week to start a national organization. Oh, wow. that's awesome. For so, similar, similar idea. Um, taking the, the thing that we do with our fruit share program, like this gleaning or like a backyard food waste, mm -hmm. but also focusing on on-farm food waste. So we've been hosting a conference for the last couple of years for organizations who do this kind of stuff. And we're really trying to build that movement. That's awesome. What would that entail? I mean, we, we talk about the food waste, but what would, what has your focus been for non-food waste? So, so on, on farm food waste, oh, not, farm. not non-food waste. So clearly but, my ears are working, <laughs> but you know, I, I think one of the things that we've realized is people don't understand how big of a problem like on farm food waste is. Um, it's the largest source of food waste wow. in the U S. So what exactly is that we explain? Yeah. So this is food that never leaves the farm. Um, so it's not. So it's not stuff that ends up in the grocery store. So, uh, so I'll give some context. We, for me, it's, it's this idea of abundance, right? We 
really kind of live in this world where people are like, oh, there's not enough of this and not enough of that. We like have these constant conversations, at least in the food world, like how are we going to feed 10 billion people? But the fact of the matter is right now we waste 40% of what we grow and we feed 7 billion people on 60% of that food, meaning that we're growing enough food to feed like 11 billion people right now. We're just throwing it away. Well, I mean, think about it. Like when we go get an apple in the middle of January, that's that's not American. That's coming from down in South America somewhere. That's the, I guess it's still. Or American, it could have it could have came from storage in the U.S. Yeah, that's tons yeah. of storage of apples as well. well. I actually heard this horrible thing about apples um, from Jeff at Mountain West Cider. Um, due to the tariffs, the apple growers most a large percentage of their apples went to the to China, and then this was a really good year in Washington for apples, and so they had all these apples in storage that they just threw away. Yeah, like we're talking about like millions of pounds of apples because they could no longer ship them to China. Um, because the Chinese wouldn't pay for them. Yeah, because they couldn't. They wouldn't pay the tariff on them, and so they just threw them away because they needed room to store this year's apple harvest. Um, just, I would have taken them. It's just crazy. <laughs> but that's the kind of I thing. But that's not even on farm food waste. But on, No, that's on. That's not considered on farm food waste. That's already been harvested. So I, I remember... Gosh, so basically my garden is well, what we're talking about. Well, so I remember like, <laughs> I want to say it was like 10 years ago. I think it was in the, like at the end of the Bush administration where they had tightened the border security and and really made it hard for or, or scary for immigrants to cross the border. And I remember back at this time, there were tons of farms across the country, all over California, all over the southern U.S., because we didn't have the migrant workforce coming in because they were absolutely terrified to oh, cross yeah. the border. It was unfathomable how much food rotted in the fields because we couldn't pick it, because we couldn't harvest it. Yeah, so like when we think about on average, um, about 20% of the food we grow never leaves the farm. That's wild. So it just doesn't get picked, just doesn't get processed? It doesn't get picked because either there's no one to pick it, um, or it's too expensive to pay someone to pick it for what they can sell it for, or their contract is a sizing contract, so a lot of or most contracts when you're selling something, it's sizing. So for example, a grocery store may say, I'm going to send you these boxes. Five watermelons need to fit in each box. No more, no less. If they're too big. They're too small. Leave them. Um, there's another reason. Well, and that, that happens a lot, especially, you know, like you have, well, and you have, you know, in contracts from, from farms, you have like, okay, these type of potatoes are going to this place and these smaller potatoes are going to this place. Yeah. And there's potatoes that just get left that. Cause there's no one who wants to buy that size of potato. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I know this is slightly different, but I remember right after uh, Halloween this year, I'm pretty sure it was farmer Luke was loading up just truckload after truckload of pumpkins. And I'm pretty sure they were heading to the dump. Yeah. So that sometimes they'll go to the dump. Sometimes they'll go to animal feed cows and stuff. We'll eat them, but yeah, we have like a a sanctuary in Eagle Mountain that a lot of the farmers take their leftover. Their leftover. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that too. stuff can go to like zoos and things like that. Yeah, but a, a lot of it goes to the dump, right? Like pumpkins. No, yeah. there's very little market for pumpkins November first. Yeah, because not because guess guess what likes pumpkins? Pretty much nothing, especially rotting pumpkins. My, my chickens love up. pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's a there's a there's a ton of farm waste. I didn't realize twenty percent's a lot. I didn't realize it was that high. It's huge, yeah. We're we're talking about like so the studies are pretty 
out there because no one's ever really asked. Um, well, they did ask. They said to farmers, what do you think gets left in the field? Well, because think about when we talked to Farmer Luke, right? He just tills it back in. Yeah. And so a lot of it does, it gets tilled back in, which is great. It's like soil fertility yeah. and stuff like that. But the all the energy and labor and everything that went into growing should that, it in. should go to feed someone. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that how much of it goes there. Well, and it could go to feed someone because like while the fruit, it definitely puts nutrients back in the soil. There's a whole plant there still that you're not picking. Definitely. Right. Like there's a bunch of leaves on the potato plant that you don't use. You just chuck that shit back in the ground. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a small portion of most of these plants, right? Yeah. The edible part. Yeah. Like, like zucchini. So I can tell you how big my zucchini. <laughs> <is more. laughs> so what is the proposal? What, what do you propose to do about it? So there are organizations like ourselves that are trying to address this, right? If you can't afford to pay someone to pick it, can volunteers come out and pick it? Um, and so, but most of the time people don't understand the problem. They don't understand how much food's being left on the farm. Um, they don't understand like any sort of solution to it. And funders specifically don't understand that. So we hope to work with funders to build education. As I was trying to fund this, most of the funders I talked to have been trying to fund it for like a year and a half. They say, oh, we don't fund that. Um, we don't know if that works. No one really knows the impact of gleaning. So we're going to be conducting like the first nationwide study of all gleaning organizations. We have a hundred and like 70 members of our association wow. bringing all that data back to say, this is what gleaners are doing. And then here's kind of the best practices for those organizations. And this is how we can be most effective getting that produce off a of farm. So does the farmer get paid for it? So there's a whole host or... of systems. So California does a small farmer paid system. It's pretty effective. Um, but due to farm labor shortages, oftentimes it's, if I can pick something that I'm going to get $5 for or something I'm going to get a dollar for, I'm going to pick the $5. Yeah. Right. Um, so you don't, you just don't even pick. Yeah. Stuff. So is, uh, it, in cases like that, is the farmer okay to just let somebody take it just to get it off? Yeah. Cause you know, they worked hard to grow it. They want to see it in the community. Um, and so for them, a lot of times, sometimes it's just extra because they had a really good year. Um, you know, if oh, and they met their about, quotas. Well, you think about it, farming's like this whole bet against nature that everything's going to go right and you know it's not as a farmer. And then all of a sudden, sometimes you get surprised and it does everything go right. And now you have a ton of cucumbers or something and you've already met your quota. You've sold as many as you wanted to sell off that plot, but there's still a ton left. So. So I'd eat those too. <laughs> so do you, do you, are you, you know, with the funding and everything, cause you're talking about massive amounts of data potentially yeah. 170 organizations and, and starting to pull in data. Are you bringing on then like business, you know, intelligence experts and analytic experts or are you just going to hit your laptop and Excel, Excel that, that stuff up? <laughs> like, so on this preliminary round, I'm just going to gather up that data. We're going to publish it in a report. Um, create a nice little pamphlet, hire out some of that outside sort of stuff. Yeah. The data gathering, gathering I'll do. And there already is. The data exists. The organizations know what they're doing. We just need to aggregate it. So. Does this include waste that, uh, I mean, you're just talking that's not being picked, but what about like like weather, like people in the Midwest that their crops might be affected by that kind of waste? So, Or is this just like so strictly we, not we, being picked? When we talk about on-farm food waste, we just talk about stuff that wasn't destroyed. So gotcha. it had to come, it had to be edible when it was left in the field. So they've, yeah, um, they did a study in North Carolina and found 80% of cucumbers never leave the field. 
I eat those. That's crazy. <laughs> that's what. That's insane. Eighty percent is mind-boggling to that's think about. Like, I I can't even fathom that you would leave pickle production. Yeah, that's everything, so many pickles. Everything, all of it. That's crazy. That's okay. Pickles don't need to be made. <laughs> I eat all the cucumbers and all. That's the an extra. abomination. <laughs> But I mean, let's be clear. I'm not a big cucumber uh, supporter. So was that like while you have been trying to build this for the last year and a half? Um, what's been the most shocking statistic for you that you've seen nationwide? Because eighty well, percent of cucumbers is, is pretty drastic. That's probably one of the most shocking statistics. I've I've seen some pretty shocking statistics on broccoli as well. I can't remember them off the top of my head. But I won't eat that. But <laughs> little kids won't eat it, so they just leave it in the field to rot. I guess um, <laughs> they're like, "There's no magical cheese sauce." That they're I pour like, "Mom, on this I couldn't I find any it. broccoli. I'm sorry." <laughs> um, but I I think the biggest thing is is how little we understand the problem that like. Well, the USDA has done tons of studies on all sorts of things that the best way they thought to study on farm food waste was just to say, Hey, what do you think you're leaving in the field? Yeah, um, that's crazy. And, and their, their numbers are proving by more comprehensive studies to be way off. Um, have you, have you thought about, you know, in addition to the on farm food waste, there's plenty of food waste that actually they pick, uh, you know, cause you run, when you run a big harvester, you pick tons of stuff. And, and it, it goes into a bucket and gets sorted. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that never makes it off the farm that way too. And that's not included in your numbers, right? So sometimes that would, how they count that, there's a whole bureaucratic thing of mm-hmm. how they count that. Um, if they, if they have like an on-farm processing and sorts, if it, technically goes into like a processing facility it'd be counted into that if not it'd fall into on-farm food waste so it's it's mostly so it all depends on if they process yeah but them. but a lot of that does get used um you know we've gotten really good at rescuing uh, i i like to say we're really good at rescuing white bread from grocery stores right <laughs> like a lot of stuff at grocery stores doesn't go bad anymore a lot of it we probably shouldn't eat because it's kind of just gross um, <laughs> like most of the grocery store doesn't go bad and ever <laughs> yeah it never goes bad so they can just donate it. it's really easy um well we talked about this i think the last time you were on too because like i had uh I, and I, maybe 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 we didn't have talked about it with someone else but um, I think it was Food Network that did a special once, um, where they, they basically made meals. They had some of their chefs go out and go to grocery stores. Uh, and there's a lot of food that's even wasted out of the grocery stores where if it doesn't look perfect, people chuck it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Which they, if you're they can't cut sell up an it. onion, what care, what do you care part? Yeah, but the wrong? grocery, cut the rotten part but the grocery store can't sell that right. if it's, if it looks like it has a rotten So spot. we try so and, they don't even put we it try out. and pick out the the stuff that we don't think other people buy if we know we're just cutting it up and it doesn't have to be pretty around or whatever. Yeah, and it's oftentimes it's not that it's rotted, right? It's just that it's a weird shape. Yeah. And or, it, yeah. And grocery stores have a ton. You know, they, they pay play a huge role in that, you know, 40% of food that we're talking about. Yeah, because they throw out a ton of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but And that's after, that's after they already have, like you said, the sizing contracts. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of food waste that's out there, so... I don't know. It's just it's it's a weird, staggering statistic to so hear those numbers. How do you how do you not get really just depressed? <laughs> well, well, I think it's actually really exciting to think about that we have figured out a way to grow that much food. True. Like like we we've already solved this problem that we're talking about solving. Like we've already we already know how to feed ten billion people because we're already doing it. 
We just we don't even need to completely eliminate food waste. We just need to be more efficient. Sh- yeah, we need to shrink it partially in order to feed the ten billion people. So what's the plan? You get this. You get the stuff off the farms, and then what? So it, you know. We won't actually get any of it off the farms. It's, we're just supporting organizations sure. like Green Urban Lunchbox that do this work. So, you know, ours goes to cancer patients and to seniors. You know, some of our partners. So that's creating like education, it. education for farmers, for yeah, communities. Well, I, yeah, building this capacity of these organizations, supporting them, helping them fundraise, helping them tell their story. Like you said, when he was trying to get funding, no one even really knew that there was an issue. I would assume most people don't believe there's 20% of food waste coming off of farms like that. And that, you know, if an organization shows up and they're like, Hey, we want to, we want to have, get some funding so we can get volunteers to go pick this food and like advertise ourselves to these farmers and people trying to fund it, you know, these boards that are, no, that's stupid. That's not real. Yeah, or that that can't be effective. Like, yeah. well, how much can you really get? Are you like we're we talking about like a hundred pounds of spinach coming off here or what? <laughs> yeah, and so and so you have to be able to provide the data, and that's where you get all that data kind of aggregated, and you can say, no, look, this is this is a real study, not just guesswork. Yeah, and and this is what the numbers really look like. And as you start to educate people on how that looks, then people have a buy-in and, and are willing to spend money on it. Yeah, and then they'll be able to point to other organizations that might say, you know, well, look, this organization in Atlanta, they spend $100,000 a year and they, you know, harvest 500,000 pounds of produce. And that's a good use of your money. You should invest in us and we we can replicate that because we know how they do it. How cool, though, that you could do this nationally now because there's so many different things grown across the country. Yeah. Pretty rad. I, I got to ask, does this count as part of the five years that you told me? <laughs> yeah, what's your wife think about this? <laughs> uh, she likes that I won't be in the fields anymore as much. So. <laughs> She's like, less skin cancer. No more worry. farmer's <laughs> So are you running it out of Utah or are you looking at headquartering it somewhere else? Are you going to be on a boat? Um, we're definitely not going <laughs> to run it out of Utah. Where we're going to headquarter it out of is a little bit up in the air. Um, we feel like we should cash in on the housing price in Utah at the moment and go somewhere a little bit more affordable. That's so, not a not an unreasonable thing. Maybe with honestly. air we can breathe in the winter. Mm. Would be no, nice. Oh, the hell you say? Just go up to Park City. That's more. <laughs> so I think on more central. So we we have looked at some like rural Utah spots, and we may end up staying. We won't stay in Salt Lake, is what I should say. Um, but Bluffdale, it's yeah, nice. Bluffdale by the prison. There's there's no new houses yet. <laughs> Feels better same. for me. <laughs> it's more like home, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am court ordered to stay really close though. <laughs> the thing is, he can't actually he's leave the state Mona. Yet. You guys, he's wearing long pants because of the ankle brace. Yeah. Out, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've done my community service, but I am still waiting. Yeah. He still has to get special permission just to go visit his mom out of state. It's, it's, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. So you, maybe Southern Utah, have you thought about going to like, you know, the heartland and, and the, the sun belt where there's lots of farms? Definitely. Um, I, like, I feel like everywhere is on the table for us at this yeah. moment. It's actually cool, a little though. bit. It's like, oh, well, when I didn't know if we'd get the funding for this, it was like, okay, if we don't end up with this funder, which is was a great actually story, they, they told me not to come. They were like, we're not going to fund you. <laughs> <laughs> so I applied to a ton of funders over the last 
four years and I always get the same story. You're too early in this process. We, we don't think gleaning works. We don't understand what you do anyway. Um, <laughs> we don't, we're not going to fund this. And, uh, I found a funder who does, um, it's called the Clinell Foundation out of, they're out of, um, Philadelphia. And they fund a lot of this type of work, lead, leading funder in the nation in this type of work. And so I reached out to them about two years ago. They said, Oh, come back to us later. Um, I reached out to them this year and they said, yes, submit a proposal. And I submitted a proposal and then they read it and they were like, Oh, you're really early stage and this is really hard. Um, and their foundation director basically told me, she said, don't come. Um, I had to go to Philadelphia last month to pitch. Um, and she's like, you're too early. We don't normally fund anyone who doesn't in the Northeast. Um, we're never the only funder and we'd be the only funder for you. And we've never been the first funder in a project. And so basically we don't like to take risks. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, we bill ourselves so that we like to take risks, but, um, but, we, but, we don't. Don't. but we don't want to take that kind of risk. Um, what she just described was not taking a risk. Um, and I, I, so, and she said, you know, you can come talk to my board if you want, but I can tell you that most likely they're not going to fund you. It's probably you not worth right. your time. This was a month ago. Yeah. And so, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I'm already this far in. I, and you know, it's a ton of work to put together this type of presentation. So I was like, ah, like probably another. Like, like at the worst, hours. it's a good practice, right? Yeah. And like, so I was like, well, if they don't fund it, I don't think anyone's going to. And so I might as well give up on the idea. So I was just like, I'm just going to go. Um, and then I found out, yeah, last week that they funded it. So. That is freaking awesome. That is really cool. So. Um, yeah. And so anyway, I don't remember what I was talking about before I got on that <laughs> tangent, but. Uh, Just where where you're gonna live if you're gonna live on a yeah oh and so that like opens this possibility right now I don't have to job hunt it's like oh where could we live um and that's a little overwhelming it's a little easier to have like three spots yeah where do you want to raise your kid is a big question right yeah because you have a little one now right I have two actually two Two I have a six month old so wow so it's a very young child yes very impressionable. Do they eat applesauce? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Soon, right? Not the baby yet. He's almost there. Soon. Six almost months is close, right? Yeah. yeah, he should start eating applesauce. <laughs> yeah. See? Applesauce is delicious. So, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, coming full circle, talking about where you've been with Green Urban, now starting your national program, what do you want to see happen while you're watching from, hopefully, afar to Green Urban? I I want... Green Urban to become like this catalyst for all these small organizations that are working to change Utah's food system. Um, and I want it to help support them and, and really just inspire them to say like, look, if you really want to change this, you can build something. People will fund it. You can do it. Um, you know, like I think of like permaculture collective or, um, you know, tons of these just really cool, um, organizations attacking food waste or attacking, you know, home gardening and really making fresh food af- affordable. And that's what I want to see happen. Do we need an apocalypse for people to care about growing their own food? Uh, well, I, I don't know if an apocalypse will help. There won't be anyone left. <laughs> I, I've, the I've threat made, of an apocalypse, I should say. You know, co- cost and affordability-wise, I, I still maintain the cheapest food you're going to buy, with the exception of meat. Is the, is the farmer's markets. You, you get incredibly cheap produce in comparison because there's no, fresh produce. There's no distribution network. There's no middlemen. There's no grocery store all taken a piece. And and it's just the, well, and it's shelf life is 
um, I don't think people realize is the length of of the fresh produce that you buy is is much longer. Well, it's fresh. Yeah. It was probably picked yesterday. Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes to... it's picked that morning. Yeah, that's my favorite to, yeah. is when they roll in the truck bed full of fresh peas. I from love. Peter's <laughs> yeah, from from wherever, and they just like they just got scoops of fresh peas out of the back of this truck. There's not even any protective <laughs> layer or anything because there's just so many damn peas. They just scoop them into a bag and get peas them are to yummy, you, especially when they're fresh, uh, and they keep forever. And like it's it's like you know a cucumber out of your garden, a cucumber from the grocery store. You get it; it's already kind of mushy and it lasts less than a week in your fridge. Oh yeah, a cucumber out of your garden. Thing's fine. It sits on the, the freaking counter for three weeks, and it's still better than the grocery store cucumber. The one at the grocery store is probably already a month and a half old by the time you get it. Probably, yeah. Like it's crazy how and and, and, and shipped across the country like three times. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. And like for example, at the market, I can get gigantic Armenian cucumbers straight off of a farm, probably at less than a day old, for a dollar. Yeah. And I go to the grocery store, that same cucumber is probably costing me four to five dollars. It's wild. Like apples, like four bucks a pound, five bucks a pound at the grocery store. And you go out and get apples at the market, you're getting like a, a big basket of apples for two bucks. Why don't you just go to your neighbor's house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're free. You, because you, they have worms in them. You could have walked your dog and got a whole basket. Do you have <laughs> any idea how tempted I've been? There's a pear tree as well on the walks that we take. I have been so tempted to just take their fruit. My neighbor has a huge pear tree that he never picks I either. And I'm pears. always like, oh, you should have us come get that. Give us a call. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I should. And then never does. Yeah. Uh, like, Can't you just be like, hey, you told me we could do it, so we're here. Just work him into the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just send some random dudes over there to pick his... They just show up. He's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> so so do you have a name for your new endeavor? We call it the Association of Gleaning Organizations, AGO. AGO. A-G-O. Or is it A-A-G-O? A-O-G-O. A-A-G-O. A-O-G-O. A-O-G-O. A-G-O. Association of Gleaming Organizations. I got to write that down because I'm going to put it in my notes. Yeah, gleaming with an N, right? Yeah, gleaming. Yeah. gleaming. Like we're not gleaming, gleaming the cube. Gleaming the cube. Just <laughs> clarify. We're gleaning. We're, we're gleaning the farms. Hey, don't worry. Well, what did I say last week? Uh, I don't know something like opportunistic truck or something. <laughs> <laughs> that is was, not what he meant. It was ridiculous. I'm not really bad. sure what an opportunistic truck is, but I have some ideas. well um man i don't i don't know what else to ask you at this point wow that's i'm my mind (laughs) but my mind is blown there's just so much you've you've done so much you're planning on doing it's it's awesome is your wife excited to leave and to, to move away and so she's not from here. Yeah. She said we have to move somewhere awesome if we're going to move. Where's she from? So, uh-huh. so we, Indiana. Have to, oh. we have to move somewhere. Okay, well, this is a huge step up from yeah. Indiana. <laughs> she's like, okay, well, I've been in the armpit and I've been in the heartland, and this is the heartland. This is the amazing part of, of the world. She's like, we got to go somewhere awesome. So, like, Hawaii? Is that a <laughs> farms there? Is that a you thing? You can sell them. There is no gleaning organization in Hawaii. So there you go. There you go. Um, that's surprising. Yeah, that's really. It is surprising. actually really surprising. Actually, when you look at all those gleaning organizations, they're really on the coast. Mm. Like uh, 
a hundred of the hundred and seventy are in seven states. That's <laughs> wild. Because there's there is so much farmland just in the middle of the U.S. Oh yeah. And and I mean I guess are those gleaning organizations those 170 are they all farm gleaning organizations or are they No, like they do both, right? They, there's some that do. It's probably it's probably about half and half. Um I've never actually counted to see which do which, but Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I can imagine there's probably not a ton of them in like Montana and, and North Dakota cuz no one wants to be in either of those states for very long. <laughs> but they're just Those states also don't have one. You're yeah. you're really I'm, I'm spot list. on, man. Like Minnesota, <laughs> probably not big on them. Oh, uh, Minnesota has four, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, it is the land of a thousand lakes, I guess, right? Yeah. So they're pretty moist. A lot of apples. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine they have a long Peaches. growing season, though. They probably are close to Utah in their growing season. Yeah, I bet. I don't know. Because they're pretty far north. So they're not in the mountains, though, right? I don't know. They're closer to sea level, aren't they? I really have no idea. Yeah, I'm guessing. I mean, they're, they're, the, the lakes are there, right? Those There's have got to be pretty flattish. What? We have lakes? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, we don't have 10,000. Yeah, you yeah, said 10,000 or it's, whatever. But that's true. That's It's called the land of a thousand lakes. Oh, I know. It's my mom grew up there. Lots of water in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, I, I'm guessing it's like, what about like Missouri? Missouri has one. Yeah. Okay. They're close to coastal. What about uh, Kentucky? <laughs> Kentucky I'm, does have I'm the Mississippi like, River. I'm, I'm quizzing him, and he's just like busting them out. Like this is this is great. How many does Florida have? <laughs> Florida actually has a lot. Yeah, actually. I would imagine it's they have a the ton, of, yeah. ton of farmland. I think seven or eight, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they have a bunch of farmland. California probably has like all the 60. oranges. Yeah, California has like thirty or forty. It's crazy. Yeah, that makes that makes. But a most lot of sense. them are urban. There's very little on-farm gleaning that happens in California because it's done through a statewide buyback program. Well, is there a gleaning organization that does like? Wine grapes and makes wine. <laughs> no, uh, wine that's grapes. a great idea. Because I wonder, you just yeah. see his face light up. Because I wonder how many. I, I wonder what it's. I wonder what wine grapes like. What the waste is like there. Because I have no idea. That's a great. There's question. gotta be some, right? They don't use all of the grapes for the wine because the really nice vineyards are probably pretty picky. Yeah, I don't know how they pick it. You know, it's yeah. gotta all be done. It can't be mechanicalized, I, right? I, I can't imagine it is. I. By the way, grapevines, speaking of grapevines, because we had that grapevine on the back of our fence there that doesn't actually grow grapes, but there is no, one. No, it has some. It's just they're super small and they're like super interior, which is actually kind of nice because they don't fall off and get smushed. So there's there's a, a house a couple blocks away that has a grapevine on a chain link fence on the side of the street and walk by there. There's so many grapes and they're huge. They're like... They're like this big around. That's they're like they're, the size of that's marbles. That's because they're seeded grapes. It doesn't matter. Well, that's why they're so I big. haven't seen like a wild grapevine like that, like actually produce edible grapes. And My old those. house had a grapevine. We harvest like so many grapes. In Do you really? Yeah. Is it is it a lot of wild grapevine type stuff like that or people actually People in their yard, them? yeah. Do they actually cultivate them with like the grape trellis? No. Or? No, no the they're growing vine, like your fence. They're back fence there. grapes. Yeah. <laughs> the the fence at my old house had grapes all along it and we had mint and they would get smashed together and it smelled so good on the side of my can house. We, oh, nice. Can we plant new grapevine along our fence line and grow actual grapes and there's make some wine. really really good grapes that we can grow because yeah. grapes are a big like heavy sunflower I wanted right? to do sunflowers yeah. but it's too shady because the fence shades the area I want to put the maybe sunflowers maybe we won't be able to grow so grapes do, so do grapes no, they, the grapes used to grow it's on fine. the on the outside of the fence. Though. They did a big study on grapes up in Idaho and like the University of Boise or somewhere where they this guy from Iran I believe I want to say found all these Persian grape varieties and then started testing them in a 
the Mountain West because it's dry oh, mountains. Yeah. Ooh. He grew, he brought some grapes to a conference. Yeah, because grapes are, I want holiday grapes. Grapes grow in like desert style climates, don't yeah, they? Yeah, like this is, this is like the perfect climate, right? When you think of like, because I think of like like when I think of like grape vineyards, they're all real dusty, dry, dry vineyards. Yeah, grape vineyards. What other kind of vineyards are there? <laughs> Is there a tomato vineyard? <laughs> you call <laughs> for V eight? V eight's got a giant <laughs> vineyard of tomatoes. New alcoholic beverage, fermented tomato juice. It's gonna oh, be great. Clamato. Clamato already exists. If we're going to grow grapes, can we try and grow holiday grapes? Because that's my my favorite kind of grape. I love bioengineered grapes. They're the best (laughs) fucking GMOs. No, they're not the best because I don't like cotton candy grapes. Oh, I I love cotton candy grapes. (laughs) I love cotton candy and I love grapes and they're probably some of my favorite foods, but I don't like them together. I'm a huge (laughs) fan of the guy that's all about like like urban farming and, and helping people do their own you know, uh, gardens, and he's like, I love super genetically modified grapes. It says right on there, non-GMO. They're full of shit. I don't know how they They're do this magic. I don't look like holiday grapes that don't have seeds. Grapes that don't have seeds. <laughs> that's that's fucking anti-nature. Okay, it is supposed to be the thing that grows a new plant that you're eating, and it doesn't have the actual thing that grows the plant in it. <laughs> Shut up! It's Don't ruin my holiday grapes. It's like seedless oranges. Like I pretty much go through shit. two or three bags a week or of like, holiday grapes what, while they're out. What are they? Season. What are they? The the things they have sometimes in like the the blister packs, like the grapples, the grape flavored <laughs> apples. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Or pluots? Pluots is another are good. A genetically like super genetically modified. No, pluots are the bomb. Yes, they are. <laughs> they're genetically modified. You're genetically modified. Probably, but not as much as our food. <laughs> so I, are, they're delicious. Let though. me be clear. I have no problem with genetic, genetically modified food. I think it's just fine. We also raised cattle, and they were never meant to be raised the way that they are. Or our chickens. chickens. Or we talked about turkeys last week that are too no, fat to turkeys, fly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with any of that. It. It. Whatever, man. We're smart enough to figure it out. So. If, if it gives us cotton candy grapes, whatever. no, that's so wrong. Cotton candy should they're, be light and fluffy, and that, you're allowed. You shouldn't chew cotton. I don't candy. think the show title "Cotton Candy Grapes." No, because I don't no. think they're that good. No. I can't make that the show title. I don't like. it. I like how we've turned this into a, a the great grape debate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be the show title. We clearly, we clearly have very varied opinions on how grapes should be grown, raised, and eaten. What's a table grape? What's a, what? What creates a table? grape? Grape versus another grape. I don't know. You guys are going to have to. I put them on the table and then they're a table grape. It's like table wine. It's a giant bottle of (laughs) shitty wine. Why would you ever want to drink that? What is it? Because table wine to me is just wine that's on the table, but there's an actual type of wine called table wine that's usually in a big giant jug and it's horrible. Hmm. And I don't know why people drink it. And so you're saying that's made from table grapes? Is I think that, that must be. Maybe that's why. <gasps> Maybe. Maybe that's the Maybe only wine. Maybe be a new part of your study. I know. That could be the only kind of wine you could make from non-harvested grapes from the vineyards. Table wine. Yeah, table wine. Yeah. Oh, man. I Just don't let your dogs eat them because grapes are poisonous yeah. to dogs. Don't let your dogs eat grapes or chocolate. Man, I've learned so much about grapes. I wish I would have came on this show before I decided what to do. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> now you're like, honey, maybe we should move to California and start a, uh, a second organization as well. <laughs> Something that just harvests grapes and we might make wine out of it. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> grapes are useful. You can make grape juice too. And then they are, if you leave them out on the table for long enough, they become raisins. So yeah. many forms. Yeah. Or you make grape juice and then you leave it out on the counter for, for a while. Months. And then it becomes <laughs> wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to ask you because you haven't left Utah yet. And I know we've already asked you this, but maybe your answer has changed. What's what's one thing you would tell someone visiting the state of Utah that they had to do before they left? I wish I would have remembered you were asking this Get question. Get some grapes. <laughs> Get some amazing grapes. Um, ooh. How about if we worded it, if you move out of Utah, what's the one thing that you'll miss? Oh, yeah, that's a good uh, one. I will miss the Wasatch. Like on a clear day when you look up and watch the sunset over the Wasatch. Like every time we think about where to move, I think about that. I'm like, ah, look at mm-hmm. that view. It's beautiful. It's absolutely Especially the little snow up there. I love so, it. Waiting in, someone should wait in traffic to get up the big cottonwood or little cottonwood canyon. That should be something to do in Utah now. Wait, <laughs> wait in traffic. Wait in that ski traffic for six or seven hours. I don't think that's a choice now. I think you pretty much just have to do that if you're going up the canyon. Yeah. yeah. You know, they've changed the rules for, for snow this year going up the canyons. Even if you have an all-wheel drive vehicle. You still um, have to have snow tires. If it's not an actual uh, four-wheel drive vehicle, you have to have snow tires. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yep. there's a difference in people that have all-wheel drive vehicle all will drive cars act like they are fine to just like do whatever the hell they want and go 50 miles an hour up those canyons anyway that's uh that's neither here nor there <laughs> um you know good luck yeah any you. parting words i don't know that i have parting words i thought you were gonna say awesome. so what, what if somebody done? wants to donate their time or efforts yeah so i mean please get involved with the green urban lunchbox don't just because i'm not there it'll still be fun um they'll still have the bus for a year or so so yeah visit our website make a donation i'm just thinking about year-end giving it's that time of year make a donation buy some cider Mm. come out and help us we need a lot of people all the time so well thanks for uh thanks for coming and chatting with us we really appreciate it sean yeah thanks for having me all right, it's time to talk about Thanksgiving, Chris's favorite holiday of the year. Um, if you're celebrating Christmas already uh, and it is not after Thanksgiving that you're listening to this, you can just go fuck yourself. Um, you're giving giving up on one of the best holidays out there. Now, I know Thanksgiving's kind of a farce in a lot of ways. Uh, Thanksgiving is not whatever it was created for me. It's just a day for me of... Being able to hang out, eat a bunch of food, get drunk if you want, watch some football. Uh, you watch sleep. Disney Plus this time. <laughs> no, football. <laughs> the Cowboys always play, and they used to always play, and a lot of times they still do play. The Redskins, the Cowboys and Indians. Thanksgiving. <laughs> How come you love Thanksgiving so much? Like for me, I grew up in a family, like when I was really, really little, that like, my great great grandparents were like, well, my great grandparents were there, like my extended family. So, like, my mom's cousins, like, it was a big deal. That's why I love Thanksgiving besides the food, but just knowing your past, like, that's what actually, did you? That's, that's actually a big reason why. So, we always had when, when we, when I was really, really little, you know, Thanksgiving was always at the grandparents' house with all the cousins and everything. But when we moved away, um, and we were kind of isolated, 
my mom always made it a point, as shitty and neglectful as she was my whole life, she always made it a point to do a big Thanksgiving. And That's so cool. she'd do all the fixings. Um, she would invite friends over uh, a lot of the time. So there were always, you know, all, all friends and family. Um, there, There's never an expectation. So like with Christmas, there's all this weird expectation of gift giving and like, Minding your P's and Q's and like the fucking family has this tradition they do on Christmas where they do this thing at night and this other thing in the day. But Thanksgiving is, is basically the only thing that's expected is, is someone's going to fight about something stupid, <laughs> right? Like there's really no expectations of, of anyone that shows up and everyone's got their stories and everyone's got their, you know, shitty uncle that comes and always you know, brings a fucking Costco pie instead of actually putting effort. Um, <laughs> but you don't really care because it's just about, you know, enjoying company of each other. And um, it, the celebration is not a celebration of anything other than just being alive and having friends and family. And that's probably why I like it. Uh, I also understand why uh, one of the biggest drinking days of the year is the day after Thanksgiving. Because the family goes home. <laughs> it is a massive... <laughs> no, it's because people get depressed. Like, Thanksgiving is really the day that people get... That start the massive holiday depression. Yeah, for um, sure. Because if you, if you don't have family or your family sucks dick, uh, then, then I mean, really, that's that's kind of when it starts. So, uh, But I, I love and it. And your family might not suck year-round, but they might suck at the holidays. Yeah, well, and... and I, I can tell you guys, I'll, I'll tell you guys a story maybe off mic, uh, about a bad Thanksgiving I had and, uh, some, some intentions I made after that that I have stuck with, but I, I love Thanksgiving, so. Me too. In honor of Thanksgiving, Jeremy has found like five million things for us to talk about, um, uh, in regards to Thanksgiving. So, uh, the first one is, um, dining, Thanksgiving so, dining. If you're one of those people, which that's not something I can fathom, but there are those who would rather go out to eat for Thanksgiving and not mess with it, not make their meal. So these are places. But there's not a lot of options. So if you're a single dad and you fucked up dinner and you need to take your kids out somewhere for Thanksgiving, well, if you look or at a these, single mom that fucked up dinner, because let's be clear, not not all women cook either. So you look at some of these prices, though, you kind of makes you think twice. Well, they're not cheap because these are really nice places. So when you're so Snowbird, for example, both the Aerie and the Atrium, Atrium. Uh, they're fifty plus uh, for adults and, and like thirty, 30 for kids. For kids. Uh, one's a buffet, one's a full menu. Um, nope, they're both buffets. I lied. Uh, so, which kind of makes sense. I mean, you're talking carved turkeys and mashed potatoes, right? And, uh, there's, uh, the brass tag, uh, Deer Valley. Um, so another ski resort. A lot of people, I guess, do go on vacation to resorts I for guess. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I guess so. Like that's a pretty big vacation time. Uh, so I'm sure that happens. Um, cafe, cafe niche. I've never been there. 45 for adults, $25 for kids, 12 and under. Is it Nietzsche? I don't know. I don't know. Cafe niche. niche. You forgot about niche. Butcher's Chop House oh. in Park City as well. Yeah. Yeah, so then then we have uh, Courchevel Bistro. I don't know where that's at. That's in Park City on Heber Avenue. Also up in Park City. So this has got to be, a lot of these yes. have got to be a big deal for, like the eating establishment is in Park City. Um, Fleming's is open? So Apparently. Wow. That's crazy. And Franks. 
from noon to six. And the nice thing is a lot of these are all set menus. Well, yeah, it kind of has to be, right? Well, like, no, but like you were mentioning with the first couple that they were like buffet style, which is true. Yeah, like I you think can it's, go to like Grand America, but it's nice when they have like I, a a fancy prefix. I did notice Lakai is not on this list. <laughs> Lakai doesn't actually, um, <laughs> they, they're busy with their own Thanksgiving. But Franks is really good. I like that place. Um the oh, grand that's the one that you guys went to like a month or so. Yeah, ago. and that's not too bad price wise either. Sixty five for their thing. That's probably but maybe you even get a four little. courses. Yeah, uh, actually, I mean, five it's of you fancy. include the focaccia. <laughs> it's it is really fancy. That place is awesome. Wow. Uh, the Grand Summit Hotel, uh, which uh, is up at the canyons as well. Um, that's- there's. Well, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say with some of these that are like up at Park City or at the resorts, it's a good opportunity just to do like a kind of like a family staycation-ish yeah. kind of thing. These are all in Park City. Most Grub, Grub, Grub Steak, Hearth and Hill. Uh, I think Josie Wyatt's is up there. No, that's, that's in Moab. 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 That's, kind of Moab. Yeah. that's interesting because Moab like is shut down anyway in the winter. So. Except for the few people that are still there, they need Thanksgiving. You've got the lodge up at Snowbird. <laughs> Uh, Log Haven, another basically resort thing. So like really fancy places. So there's no Denny's on here. That's weird. <laughs> Denny's is open though. If you want to go to Denny's. That's so weird. Hey, but Log Haven is, offers like a, like a, a vegetarian option. Yeah. Uh, Mont- option? Uh, you know, thanks. That's another thing. Thanksgiving is like, and we'll get into this. We're going to talk about some side dishes, but Thanksgiving is like a vegetarian's fucking dream for sure. feast because the star of the show is the turkey, right? But what almost every, almost every other dish is vegetarian. Now there's some, you have to be careful. Like people add sausage into the stuffing and, and, right. and giblets into the stuffing and gravy sometimes. And you have bacon and different things, but. Say that again. What do they add into the? Sausage and giblets. Giblets and gravy. Giblets. <laughs> giblets. Pretty strange. Giblets. Before. It is giblets. 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 You never heard it called giblets? giblets? I've only I've only ever heard giblets. I've, I've only ever heard giblets. Well, I've heard giblets too. It's spelled giblets, but it said giblets. It's like a gif versus. Even a Oasis gif. Cafe is open. Yeah, it's No open. Name Saloon, uh, seventy one at Snowbird. The Brazilian Steakhouse apparently is open. Texas Day Brazil. Brazilians need Thanksgiving too. Mm, no, they're not Americans. That's a main. Oh, Tuscany there. also a steakhouse, right? Isn't Tuscany the steakhouse? No, it's uh that's the garage girl people, right? It's not the no, Tuscany Tuscany is is um up on like twenty eighth east. It's like oh, fancy. It's six, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Well that's so, up by uh up, up It's fancy. Yeah. So okay. then there's food to go. You're thinking of Toscana. Oh this is where yeah, this is where you can get uh Here. like your own tur- you can get order turkeys and stuff. Uh Beltex meats. So they they're at the farmers market quite often and they always look like they have delicious so they do food. turkeys there's cuisine unlimited that will pre-cook your thanksgiving uh deer valley grocery cafe i know like harman's does the harman's does it i gotta get my rolls ordered from fillings and emulsion yeah you know what i saw by the way uh oh harman's is on here um wonder if it's on here so yeah uh, harman's you can get a cajun fried chicken from, from popeyes kfc 
And Popeyes. Popeyes is doing it too. Popeyes does it. I saw it. I was like, (laughs) really? You can get a whole Cajun fried turkey, not chicken, turkey. I would do it from Popeyes. Harmon's Harmon's complete Thanksgiving to go 117 to 200, depending on. This is for people that really suck at cooking. And to me, like, that's a cop out. Or what if it's like that Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen movie where they decide that they're not going to have Thanksgiving, but then their kid comes home and they're like, oh my gosh, we got to have Thanksgiving. That's not real life. Come on. So there's lots of... You know what else is open on Thanksgiving? Hand. I love that movie so much. <laughs> Panda. Panda is open on Thanksgiving. Whole Foods. And Christmas. Yeah, they don't fucking close for anything. It's weird. The I store, am- might we mention the store? There are three locations. No, one. there's the store, and there's the store two, and there's the store three, right? Is that what they're calling I th- them? I think they actually know. So there's them. one in Holiday, there's one the Gateway, and I can't remember where the other one is at. Because I think the one in Holiday is the store two. But they carry... Right off of Highland? All local peeps. Like so All local peeps, like local made marshmallow mm-hmm. chicken yeah. covered chicken. in sugar. <laughs> Little baby chicken. Somebody get on that. Homemade peeps. <laughs> Homemade peeps. Th- then they have dine and stay packages. So the Alta Lodge for only $979 oh, a person. <laughs> you can stay there. Yeah, but there. that's four nights of lodging, full breakfast, and four course dinners every night, including Thanksgiving dinner. Thanksgiving dinner. So if you... That's not bad then. Yeah. That's Snow Pine Lodge is only three hundred dollars. Where's that at? The very last one, Snow no, Pine. Oh, where is Snow Pine Lodge? Yeah, I, I imagine it's it's Snowbird. And no, because Snowbird is its own. Yeah, but I wonder if I know. It's just part of it, or just a. Google that shit. You got to. <laughs> well, and what's nice is so Snowbird has a couple of different food options. So thanks, Stuart Melling, for writing about Utah. I didn't realize there were that many places open. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's that's really cool for people that suck at cooking food. <laughs> or I guess if, if you it's are the vacation type. Oh, there there the Alta. But to be fair, most of them are ski resorts. Yeah. So, and like I said, I, there are and a lot they, of people that come here for the Right. Holiday. And they open... Uh, a, so a lot of them. Well, some of them are opening the twenty third. So yeah, they they typically open that weekend, so you get your Except first. For Brian snow. Head. Well, you know that was lit on fire a couple years ago. So true. All right. Um, what's next? Do we want to do side dishes? Side dishes. Let's do, do that. Let's do side dishes. This should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 curious because I haven't looked at this at all. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, the Battle of Sides. Uh, so this is. Eric, can uh, you put some music behind that? Every. Dun, 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 Many interviews. Is this this one that says every Thanksgiving yep, side yep. dish ranked? So yep. starting with number 15, bottom of the barrel. Vegetables. I agree. Well, I, look, that's <laughs> a broad term, right? It is pretty broad. So I like vegetables, but I I think it depends on what vegetable. So this is saying roasted them? root vegetables, parsnips, beets, etc. Oh, so good is what they're referring. I love. Remember when I did that big roasted root medley for Thanksgiving or for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Was that not great? That was really good. I liked it. Yeah. I like root vegetables though. Cream? I think that number fifteen is crap because it's too generic. I think. I yeah, because yeah, because spinach is a vegetable. Cream spinach is Cream. number fourteen. Carrots are a vegetable. You know, I gotta agree with this. Cream spinach is not really the best way to prepare spinach, and I think these when, are all vegetables. I 
Well, yeah, most side dishes end up being vegetables. So 15 is a Because the turkey's the star. <laughs> yeah, it's a cop-out. It's roasted vegetables is really what it is, I guess. All right, I'm going to stop right now. You guys can talk. I don't Sorry, I thought you said You said stop. we're stopping right now. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Oh, so I just want to know who actually eats cream spinach. Cause yeah. I don't know. I Popeye. Don't. So, number 13, yams. We do real sweet potatoes at my house. No yams are allowed. This, this yams is, are good. Why aren't yams allowed? They're a potato as well. Because sweet potatoes are more delicious. My dad is very particular. Like either. You like my candied yams. Yes, but I don't like either as a whole. I like, See, I'm, I'm fine with both. I like both. Here's the thing, right? Uh, candied yams, candied yams, candied yams aren't redundant. I don't know why this is 13. Candied yams are fucking fantastic. A lot of people, and this is like, this has got to be a Utah thing because I didn't have this until I started hanging out with Mormons. <laughs> they serve just yams. Which are okay, but that's not fucking, that's like lazy. Like that's just, like a baked like potato. Like not with the marshmallow. Yeah, like a fucking glaze. baked potato, like a baked yam with butter on it. Mm. Which I like with like butter and salt, that. it's good, <laughs> but but it's not, not candied yams, which is the, the idea yeah, of like the festive decoration. Now the reason they put this at 13 was because there's, there's candied yams and, and sweet potatoes and sweet potato pie and sweet potato casserole and it's kind of a misnomer where you have a whole bunch. At my house, there's only one yam dish. It's my candied yams, and no one eats it but Brie and Brie's mom. I'd so. eat it. I love them. It's one of my favorite. One of my favorite things. And also, glazed carrots you can make the same way as candied yams. By the way, number yeah. twelve. Yeah, and and I would say I've had carrot souffles that are way better than glazed carrots by a long shot. Uh, really good carrot souffles. And I had okay, so we had a potluck a couple of weeks ago at work. And um, one of my staff, Sanjeet from from India, his wife made uh, uh, carrot sweets, which was like mashed carrots with sweetened condensed milk, I think, and um, some raisins and some nuts, and it was really fucking good. Hmm. So cornbread, I like cornbread, but I must admit I've never had cornbread for Thanksgiving. I don't think I have either. So we always, my mom always made cornbread stuffing. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for her stuffing. That's what my mom does too. But we never just had cornbread, cornbread. by itself. That was, it's always yeast ro- risen dinner rolls. Why would you have cornbread? Uh, we'll get there. Don't Cause, worry. Cause here's the thing. Why would you have cornbread when you can make sandwiches with if the dinner rolls after Thanksgiving? If you're from the South, you're having cornbread. That is not true. I'm from the South. We did not have cornbread for Thanksgiving. We had dinner rolls because you can use them for leftovers. Sandwiches. We had cornbread stuffing. But we never had just cornbread. You could just like cut the cornbread in half, lay it on your plate, make an open face sandwich. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not even close to the same. It's not even the same profile. I'm just giving options. I know, but I'm just telling you that it's wrong. F- I don't. I think it should be less. F canned cranberry. No, sauce. it's so good. You should I I made homemade cranberry sauce a couple years ago, and, and it, it was it does that. Amazing. Yep. I prefer jelly. There's a, there's a, I like the texture. Yeah, the canned cranberry jelly. And you slice it into nice slices, and it makes it makes for the best leftover sandwiches. That's the whole point. So does, I'm going to make you my homemade cranberries. Okay. Because they're a vanilla bourbon cranberry, I, and they're amazing. I do like a cranberry relish, but just a tiny bit. And the problem is it always makes so much. Like, even just a little bit of cranberry relish is, is a little too much, so... 
Brussels sprouts, number nine. Oh, I love Brussels Disgusting. sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before, but I took uh, Caputo's Telegio and made an au gratin out of them. I wish I would have made more because it was freaking incredible. I tried an au gratin once out of Brussels sprouts. It did not turn out so well for me. It was really nasty. It was one of the few things I've made that I threw away. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Brussels sprouts, one of my favorites. Uh, my buddy Jack actually makes them with, um, he roasts them, uh, and he does it with like this balsamic vinegar, but he also does like these like spices and shit on them. I don't know what all he puts on them. Um, they're amazing. I can eat them all day. Just pop them in my mouth. I love them. Number eight, corn. <laughs> just by itself. Just, just corn. corn. I how, love corn. All right. How the fuck is that number eight? Uh, just plain old corn. corn. Nothing done to it, just corn. Just corn. Is it delicious? Okay, macaroni and cheese. This Yum. Is, this is not. Uh, this is not an imaginative side list, by the way. Macaroni and cheese, though, delicious, uh, is not something I think of when I think of Thanksgiving dinner. No, and I don't think it's that delicious, personally. It's not one of my favorites. So sweet potato casserole. Yeah, so how is the and, and the picture is not sweet potato casserole. It looks like candied yams to me, quite honestly. Um, how, so I guess yams was just yams by itself. Yams with butter. So sweet potato casserole gets number six. Cause it has marshmallows. It's got the marshmallows Rolls on. at number five. Number five, rolls. So we can all agree rolls belong on your Thanksgiving table. Oh yeah, table. for sure. Mashed potatoes. Yum. Yeah, those, so that's a, that's a given, right? Who those. has Thanksgiving dinner without it? So green bean casserole. No. I have never had green bean casserole for Thanksgiving. So this is have you ever had it? Ever? Oh, I've had it. Just not for Thanksgiving until two years ago when my sister in law brought it. But like right out of the can, and it's this is like, the funniest thing. So one year, everybody was all, "Yeah, Carly and Chase are bringing this great green bean thing," and she brings it, and it's literally the green bean casserole. It's the recipe, recipe from, from, from the back onions. of the French's. We're like, like a can of beans and some yeah, French's can, on top of it. It's like can of beans, cream of mushroom soup, and we're like. Turkey's French fried onions. This is yummy, thanks. <laughs> I, honestly, I love it. And the girls always ask for it because mm. they actually love it. It's so, delicious. So, yes, I've had it. I just, it, for me personally, it's not a Thanksgiving. Is gravy really a side, by the way? <sighs> I feel like. Side of a side. Gravy's the answer if you've got dry turkey. Yeah, I feel like gravy is the cover up for your fuck up on the main yeah, star of the dinner. My dad loves gravy, so. Even on a good turkey, know. though, if you've got. I love gravy, too. But yeah, but if you've got a good turkey, you don't want to put yeah, it yeah, right. You can put it on your potatoes. You can put it on, on your, your stuffing. stuffing. <laughs> no, okay, no, 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 no. So first off, mashed potatoes don't need gravy to be good ever. That's true. But you can put them on. You can put and it if, on all of them. If you have to put gravy on stuffing, then the stuffing but is not good enough to eat. But maybe you don't have to. Maybe you just want to. It's weird. All right. It's I'm not with, biscuits and gravy. I'm with Chris. If stuffing should stand alone. I don't alone. eat stuffing. I don't a, like gravy, so <laughs> I only like Chris's gravy. Okay, but let me let me ask you this, because there were only fifteen things here. Number one is stuffing, and, by the way. And I don't think that's I mean, look, there's a lot of people that don't like stuffing. But and, here's the question. Is it truly stuffing if you don't stuff the bird with it? Yeah, or is, or it, is it dressing? Technically it's dressing and yeah. this it goes in right. the bird. Right. So how many people actually make stuffing? Because I know we don't. So, Fucking morons make stuffing because it's really not a good idea. So my mom used that. to when I was a kid and it was horrible. Yeah, it's came not, out your like, mom's a bad cook. Yeah, well it came out like <laughs> it came out a gray colored paste. Yeah, like, because because it's the gross like bloody 
disgusting, and it probably was laden with salmonella. Well, and the thing is, is it it, it, it makes it so that the center of the bird does not heat up properly because it yeah. absorbs now, the heat. Now, when I smoke my birds, because I don't spatchcock them like you, and I stuff them, but I stuff them not with like Just bread, aromatics. Uh, aromatics. So like I, I cut up apples and onions and celery and Sage, shove that in there. Like that. Yeah. And shove an herb bundle in there and that yeah. helps, but there's still lots of air to And you're not going to eat that. That's no, that goes no. in the garbage right. when it comes out of the bird. Well, this year it can go in the, in the, <laughs> it'll go in the compost bin uh, when it comes out of the bird. But I, I want to ask this question. There's only 15 here and some of them are plain as fuck like corn. Are there, what are, what are your favorite sides that are maybe not on this list? Do you have any that aren't on this list? My favorite sides are corn and mashed potatoes. Okay. So Bree's covered by the simplistic <laughs> side. Good. Bree's good. I'm good. Jess, what about you? Well, I'm fancy. Like my family hates that I'm fancy. I'll look through recipe books, all recipes and like find, I don't know. I have to really think so, about some of the cool ones that I've made. Deviled eggs. That's something that we always have. Yeah, we have deviled eggs, but only my mom and I eat them. We always have a relish tray. My mom, my mom has me eating cheese whiz on top of celery. <laughs> on you say we, but you're talking about your mom. Love, you're not talking about us. No, no, but I love cheese whiz on celery. It is one of my favorites. I don't like celery. Um, uh, also, uh, or cheese whiz. So I know that like we talk about the yeast dinner rolls, but something that we did uh, as a family um, when I was younger that I still love. Do you remember the brown and serve rolls used to be able to, you can only get them around the holidays. Yeah. But you get them uh-huh. in like the bread aisle and uh-huh. you do like split top and you just stick them in the oven out of this crappy cardboard container. Well, you take those and you get a can of easy cheese, not cheese was easy cheese. And you kind of split them, you fill it with easy cheese and then you bake and serve them and they're really good. Mm. It is probably horrible for you, but they're <laughs> really good. Oh, there's no probably about it. <laughs> so. Any other sides that you guys have typically at a Thanksgiving dinner? So one one that comes to mind for me that a lot of people like, I love it, is a broccoli rice casserole that I make, uh, which is broccoli, cheese whiz, rice, some like... How about the cold broccoli one where it's, where it's broccoli, but it's, it's cut up and it's cold, but it's got cheese in it and it's got like a dressing of some sort, cranberries typically, things like that. Have you ever had that? I just threw I up like in my broccoli. mouth a little bit. By what you described. <laughs> salads. What about that? There's no salads oh, yeah. on here. I like bacon wrapped dates and asparagus. Oh my god! Yes, bacon wrapped dates. Asparagus is tough for me because the reason why Brussels sprouts are so Christmassy is because that's when they get harvested. Often is real close to Christmas. Another thing that I do is um, ham with cream cheese and pickle wrapped. Just like that. It's delicious. You had I do. Me I would you eat ham with pickle, cream cheese. And I was like, <laughs> you just fucking ruined every other part of that by adding a pickle to it. Um, I I like so salads. There's a lot of really good salads that are good side dishes. You got to have some greenery, like salad, right? Yeah. What about like uh, ambrosia or oh, fruit salad? Yeah. My mom and grandparents used to have me make <laughs> stuff top that secret time. pink stuff. So Brie makes this thing, and it's really like. I don't like the pineapple in it because I don't really... Oh, it's just pistachio pudding. It's pistachio pudding with Cool Whip and coconut and pineapple juice and what else do you put in it? Marshmallows? Pudding. Yeah, pudding mix. (laughs) Pudding mix and marshmallows. Hmm. It is so good and I'm sure it's horrible for you. My grandma used to always ask for it. The jello with the shaved carrots. No. No. No one's going to agree But I make with you. the I make the orange and and um cottage cheese and whipped cream stuff. 
Yeah, I know you don't like that, but my girls and I like that. I like that a lot. I used to make really big servings when we used to serve a lot of people, but now I've learned how to make a smaller serving so that it's just... Because this year we might have... Well, if Dawn comes over, we might have seven people. No, six people. Lots of leftovers. Okay, what's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving dishes? What's your favorite Thanksgiving dishes? Is it the turkey? Is it the ham? Is it a... It's probably the turkey just because we don't spend the time to make turkey during the year. So I don't have it like an actual piece of turkey very often. We get like deli turkey, which is sliced, like it's sliced right off the breast. So it's not like it's fake, but no, no, it's not. But like big, thick slices of deli turkey is 100%. It's not fake, but it's compressed turkey. It's not sliced off the breast. It looked like it was the breast. No, it's not. Anyway. Anyway. So probably probably the turkey just because I don't get to have it that often, and I just like to eat the turkey. Like I don't even make sandwiches after I just oh I do eat gobs and gobs of turkey, and I eat it cold. And if it's, it's done delicious. right, if it's smoked or cooked correctly, if it's dry and well, yeah. I think the problem is people they're like, okay, I'm gonna have twenty people. I'm gonna get a twenty five pound bird. That bird's never gonna come out right. No, nope. because smaller the bird, the better. You don't like with the smoker. Don't smoke a bird over fourteen or fifteen pounds. Like that's where you got to cap it yep. out at. Yeah, otherwise, f- really, the as far as turkey goes and smoking, the smallest one you can find is your best bet. Yeah. So and and smoke two of them, right? And if you if you spatchcock them, you can get away with bigger birds too. But I just I just stick with the fourteen fifteen pound bird usually, yep. and I never really have a problem with it being dry. But I also my turkey takes like five days to prep. So, you know, you got to thaw it, of course, but then I brine it, brine it for, I inject it, yeah. uh, and then we smoke it. So after rubs and everything else, I could go through that on a different show. Well, the, we've got those, the next show coming up is, is the week of Thanksgiving. So maybe we'll have to dive into that deeper. Maybe we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, should we, uh, just real quick, since we are talking about Thanksgiving, uh, the 10 best places to celebrate Thanksgiving. Let's save that for next time. It's going to be a little... I don't, I don't want to. Jess has a concert to get to. Yeah. I know. I know. So, let her go. All right. <laughs> Close, put the paper down. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I really don't. Well, I guess that's going to do it uh, for tonight's show, folks. So, um, thanks And I don't ask for accommodations ever. <laughs> um, that's going to do it. Thanks, Sean, for uh, for for joining us. Yeah, and good um, luck with the new venture. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm I'm excited to see how that goes for him, uh, and to see what the future holds for Green Urban Lunchbox, which is a fantastic organization here uh, in Salt Lake. Um, as always, uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, the New Utah Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram at TNU Podcast, and our website, thenewutah.com. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, share it. If you don't like what you hear, fuck you, share it anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. Thanks to folks, folk Hogan for, uh, our intro and outro music. And, uh, you guys have a, have a fantastic, uh, holiday that's coming up. We still have one more show before the holiday. You know what? <laughs> maybe, maybe next week, uh, we can expand on the next great grape debate and figure out what the hell the, the great best grape, grape is. Debate. The great, the next great grape debate. Cause today was the first great grape True. debate. Okay. Great, great. Bring your that. great, your great, no, your great, great knowledge <laughs> to the next show, please. <laughs>